0: So, JT will get a feel of how the show works. Sounds right, 3, 2, 1. Welcome, everybody, back to Your List Sucks, um, episode 28. We got a special one today. It's Best Biopics. Um, and I have some uh, two annoying people, and then I have two uh, Schmodown people. So this should be a fun, interesting night, Paul. Um, I'm excited to see uh, how everybody interacts with each other. Uh, Biopics is a, a topic that I really like. I think it's uh, uh, interesting when they're done well um except when bowman puts like uh, bohemian rhapsody as number one but we'll find out shortly on that one uh bar <laughs> you're here tonight um yep. you've been on the show for like seven episodes in a row i don't know if people just don't like to be on or you just like punishment but do you think you're gonna have the best list tonight or do you think your list is actually gonna suck um
1: i think there's one that you're going to think is in the wrong spot um, however, I'm personally very happy with my list. Uh, I don't care what the internet has to say. I'm very happy with it.
0: Yeah. Uh, we'll see how many 1940 movies show up on your list tonight. Uh, next we're going to go to Boatman. Uh, you're the youngest. You have really terrible taste most times, uh, cause you're actually like an 85 year old man. Uh, <laughs> but how do you feel like you're going to do tonight? And, uh, how, was it hard cutting down a hundred years of cinema, uh,
2: Um, Well, as everyone knows, I am a 12-year-old who is also a time traveler, so I have lived all the years of cinema. But no, uh, it was tough because I actually like a lot of biopics. I think you're going to be mad at me for having a few movies too low, uh, but we will see.
0: And next we have, uh, as of this recording still, uh, the Trivia Schmodown Champion, movie Trivia Schmodown Champion, Paul Yama. Paul uh do you think uh, <coughs> uh do we uh uh you normally have a bunch of pretentious takes that people i can't hate on them because i haven't seen them so that's the idea. Uh, yeah 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 i gotta just pick stuff
3: you haven't seen so you can't criticize it
0: that's um, a smart choice and send it to me uh 12 hours before shooting. So
3: <laughs> that okay. is exactly what happened uh, but uh i'm excited i, I love biopics uh, i rewatched a bunch of stuff for this and watched some stuff for the first time and I tried to make my list a little interesting. There's probably some omissions that people might be
0: upset about, but there's a, a reason for all of that. And we'll, we'll see what everyone else thinks. It's like putting spinners and opponent's choice on the wheel. No champion would ever <laughs> do that, ever. You just <laughs> him. Um, and next, uh, uh, he put out on Twitter that, uh, hey, uh, I want to like do some more uh, stuff uh, with other people on YouTube, and I reached out to him cl- with everybody else in uh is <laughs> in the families they're like oh jt's available gotta get him on um uh you said biopics so uh are you excited to be on the show uh do you think you have some hot takes on your list or do you think you have the correct movie in to um
4: i don't know if i have any hot takes i love biopics i'm a little bit of a history buff so anytime i can trick myself to think i'm learning something and not just watching a movie uh like i'm not gonna learn a lot watching 300 but i'll learn something watching lincoln <laughs> there's very two very different movies um So yeah, I don't think I have any hot takes, but I will say this. I didn't make my list what I think should be like the Mount Rushmore of biopics. These are more my personal choice movies that I just love and I rewatch over and over. So these aren't the ones I'm going to say these have to be the top 10, but these are the ones for me I just love going back to revisiting, and I actually just got a lot out of.
0: And that means you may be under fire tonight, but that's all right. People's (laughs) personal opinions come in all the time. That's called bars strategy number one. And he doesn't normally end at the bottom. So we're going to start with Paul. Paul, Paul, you've been on the show before. Give us your 10, 9, 8. If anybody has their movie higher in the 7 through um, 1 range, please uh, say that you have it higher or yikes it. All right. Go ahead, Paul.
3: Um, yeah. So my number 10 is a movie I love a lot, but it's also kind of a stand-in for – there's a, a few movies about this person, and I kind of love all of them. Uh, but the one I chose is At Eternity's Gate, which is the 2018 biopic about Vincent van Gogh starring Willem Defoe. Um, I love that this movie feels like it was kind of made by Van Gogh and it's kind of through his own vision. And I, I love that, that about it. And it's, I don't know, it's it's ode to art. I think it's really beautiful. But yeah, that's my number 10. Uh, my number nine is uh, probably the oldest movie on any list. Uh, that'd be 1928, The Passion of Joan of Arc, which is Carl Theodore Dreyer's uh, silent masterpiece um maria fuckenetti gives i think one of the great performances of film history i think it's an incredible and moving film um that i think people should still see i think it's very watchable for a silent movie but i think it's an important piece of film history i think it's great and speaking of important piece of film history my number eight is a little movie called lawrence of arabia no one else no you
4: have the Criterion channel? <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I unsubscribed,
3: I unsubscribed uh, two months ago because I couldn't afford it. But yeah, I mean, not much yeah. else original to say about Lawrence of Arabia. It's one of my favorite movies of all time. I have it a little lower just because I think other movies get more into the character themselves a little bit more. Um, but I mean, I think it's the best shot movie ever. And I think that, yeah, the exp- exploration of kind of Lawrence is this figure in the movement and less of him as a person and more of what he represents. I think it's amazing. So, yeah, not, not original, but Lawrence is oh. kind
0: of good. All right. Yeah. Um, at Eternity's Gate, I actually saw this. Um, I think this is a very good pick. It's number 10. So, again, I I don't I didn't love the movie. But I thought it was good. Um I'm not the biggest art fan, uh I have to admit, but his his eyes uh get it. Uh number nine, I'm gonna do you a real quick favor. I'm just gonna skip over because I looked <laughs> on how to watch this movie and it said you have to get this thing attached with Amazon Prime or it could pay for nineteen ninety five. Uh yeah, not gonna happen either I, way. Like Spanish
3: so, subtitles, but yeah.
0: Oh, okay, cool. No. <laughs> uh, and then we'll go to a Lawrence of uh, Yeah, that's that's a that's a good choice. When I was searching this topic when we came up with it, um, I expected maybe some people to have it a little higher on their list. Actually, um, especially Barr, uh, his favorite year was like the sixties of uh, movies. So uh, yeah. it is a great. Movie. Um, um, but yeah, yours yours is fine. Uh, I can't really hate much of it because hell, you're nine I haven't seen, a Lawrence of Movie uh, I've seen once. So um, we're gonna go to Boatman. Give it to us. All right,
2: My number 10 is uh, the Jim Carrey classic, Man on the Moon. My number 9 is Vice. Oh, And <laughs> my number 8 is Raging Bull. <coughs> uh, I have that at 10.
0: You have Raging Bull at 10? Yes. Okay, we'll talk about your 10, 9, and then you both will talk about Raging Bull at them. Right. I have Raging Bull at the higher. Oh, 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 you have right. it higher. Then cool. okay. Oh, go ahead. We'll spend plenty of time on when <laughs> we. Okay.
2: Uh, yeah, Man on the Moon. Uh, Jim Carrey's great in it. Uh, it had Which
0: Witherspoon's
3: be- great? Oh, wrong movie. Sorry. My bad. Man <laughs> in the Moon. Don't get to
0: talk to 1098.
3: Stop it.
2: Uh I think he's very fantastic as Andy Kaufman. I think Paul Giamatti uh, is really underrated in this movie. And I, I, I just really like it. I think it gets very funny, but also, like, captures the spirit of Andy Kaufman a lot. Um, and number nine, but I get it. I get it. I think there's a, lot of, there's a lot of this movie that people didn't really appreciate on first viewing. I really like the style. I lot of I like a lot of the different things that are handled in this movie. Uh, I like the kind of fake out where they fake the the credits and then they come back in. I just like the style of
0: it. Hey, uh, man on the moon. I think Coho said, "Please, I'm not on this episode." Can you please put Jim Carrey, Man on the Moon, on there because I he likes this movie a lot. Uh, this movie's fine. Uh, top ten, okay. The problem I have is that you put this at 10, and then you jumped it with Vice and then put it there. Vice is on this list because of Christian Bale's performance, and that's about it. Like, if we're talking about – I didn't I didn't ask for the list of acting performance in a biopic. I asked for best biopic, so it has to be the movie, and you picked the performance, and I'm sorry that you did that. And then you also put a better biopic below it. So I don't give people crap for 1098, 8, but you chose Vice. So that's your own problem. And you put Rage of Bullet 8. So we'll have a conversation about that later. Um, uh, we're going to go JTE next. Start with your 1098. 9,
4: 8. 10, 9, and 8. Sorry, just make sure I have my list up here so I don't forget. Um, number 10 for me is Serpico. Uh, again, as you talk about Vice, where that movie is very flashy, very directed, uh, this is not that kind of movie. It's very much Al Pacino in every single scene. It covers the few years of him being in the forest. And for me, biopics are really about the actor becoming the character and embodying that character. And Pacino spent time with Serpico. And that story I think is so interesting, especially something that takes place in the seventies. Uh, Sidney Lumet directed, he was one of the best directors of the seventies and eighties. Oh, yeah. And for me, just Pacino when I watch a biopic, I want to almost feel like I'm living in their shoes, and I felt like I was with every trial and tribulation with Pacino throughout Serpico. I think it's one of his best performances. Maybe not one of the best movies, but one of his best performances of just really becoming somebody different. And again, this is where Pacino was Pacino. This is like, it's after Godfather, and this is a very different role than Godfather. So number 10 for me is Serpico. you have a shirt man? Number nine, this guy mentioned earlier, Walk the Line. Now, there's a lot of musical biopics, and I think some of this comes down to what kind of music you like a little bit. Some people might say Ray. Ray came out the year before this and won a bunch of Oscars, but I'll take Walk the Line over Ray overall. You know, I think Jimmy Foxx did give an Oscar-worthy performance. I think James Mangold, who's now one of the best directors working, in my opinion. I thought Ford vs. Ferrari was fantastic. Logan was fantastic. Uh, he just gives this movie a style, almost like an old-school style, and again, Reese Witherspoon, Walking Phoenix sang his own songs, and they're fantastic. They're they, 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 Johnny Cash is not something that's easily replicated, especially his voice when it comes to singing. And I just think Walking Phoenix really became Johnny Cash. Like when I think of Johnny Cash, I think of him. And then I think of Walking Phoenix. It's kind of weird to say, but it's true. So that's my number nine and my number eight. Speaking of Christian Bale, the fighter. This is the movie where Christian Bale showed me. He can take it to another gear i liked him in his other films of course he's great in the batmans and all this other stuff american psycho but watching him in the fighter and almost i'm a boxing fan so i knew this story and even though i knew this story what was going to happen i was still fully vested i think mark Wahlberg, amy adams all good fantastic performances um i think her name is melissa leo? melissa leo leo yes she's fantastic as the mother in this film and for me as a boxing fan for so many, seen so many boxing movies, uh, and I'll mention an even better biopic that's a boxing movie later, but this movie brought something a little bit different, fresh, and it did what boxing movies should do, make it about the actual character more than the actual boxing.
0: Yes, uh, we've lost somebody, but hopefully they return on a surpropel. I've seen this, I just saw this movie... Uh, uh, two years ago, I think, when I first entered this film community, um, I was going through a Pacino's filmography. Um, this movie, um, it didn't stick with me, um, but I definitely enjoyed the story of it. Um, uh, I honestly, when you sent me your list, I was like, oh, you're 100 percent right. I didn't even. It didn't cross my mind when I first thought biopics. Um, so yeah, uh, Andrew missed. Um, so your number nine. Uh, couldn't agree more with you. I love Walk the Line. I love Ray too, but I honestly love Walk the Line more. And I think it's because I like um, Johnny Cash's music. I yeah. And I think I think it just overall that acting performance of Reese Witherspoon and uh, and just you pretty much see the rise and fall of Cash. And they didn't. They could have. You know, brushed over the stuff, but they actually attacked it. And I think Joaquin Phoenix is a fantastic actor and did the perfect job.
4: The scene where he sings, "You know, I see the train coming." Like that scene where he's recording. I oh. tell him to sing something from your soul. it's One of the best, like, musical biopic moments in any music biopic.
0: Yeah, uh, and then there's like substance abuse and stuff like that that he goes through. It's a, it's a fantastic movie. And then Year Eight, um, uh, the Fighter. It's one also that I I don't think of. Um, right away when i think of biopic but this is this is the movie like i remember people talking about it um his 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 uh christian bale's performance outshines like everything in this movie it's yeah. just amazing. I, I even made a comment when I first watched it. I think they look for the most brash angry woman of Boston ever to be in this movie because they all just look so angry and so mean and so yeah. it's just, it's fantastic and I think Mark Wahlberg is one of his best performances in this playing alongside Christian Bale. Uh, yeah, it's it is one I go back to at least once a year. I think it's an amazing boxing movie with a great story. Um, okay, I, I, guess.
4: I might watch it after this day <laughs>
0: Yeah, about-
4: yeah
0: sounds, <laughs> <laughs> sounds like a good one okay um pause are uh, we have done
1: so my internet literally just went out at my place
0: sweet yeah so I guess can coho do your list and that uh, no, would be awkward um I will
5: here, so I will here. argue bars picks because I like bars list a lot
0: honestly. I mean, I, I mean, if it I, comes I, back, we'll throw you back in. Like, if you can, if he gets back on, you can, or, because are you working on cellular? Just, are you, you on your cellular, cellular right now? G- I'm on my phone. Yeah, that's going to last for a mm-hmm. short bit. Um, yikes.
1: No, it, my, my phone's fully charged.
0: No, I meant, like, data-wise. Um, yeah, that's killing your
3: data. That's, like, killing your data plan,
0: I feel like. You right. have
1: Well, yeah, take <laughs> take over for me for a little bit, Koho. Coho.
0: Okay, he can at least do your 10.98. nine eight. We got time to go through seven. I'll do
5: four. your ten nine eight, and then we'll see what we can do from
0: there.
1: Cool. Sorry about okay. this, guys. You no, you're good. Literally...
0: you can't do anything about it.
1: Yeah, just right. put me in the green room now, and I'll.
0: If he swaps over, just pay attention.
1: Okay, I will be watching them. So, uh.
5: I don't know how I'm going to edit this, but we'll do some stylized cuts then. Uh, oh no! Yeah. No, put a
3: picture, put his picture over your face. And just cut.
5: I'm literally going to ask uh, Brian for the GIF of Bar and put it over me. Anyway, yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, I'm not Andrew Bar, but I but I'm here.
0: <laughs> Hi. Yeah, life well, found a way for you to get on the show. So, uh, can you give us bars 1098 and see if Absolutely. the show doesn't run right off the rails?
5: Absolutely. All right. So, uh, is number ten a uh, raging bull, which got a uh, yikes? So we'll wait we'll on that.
3: Okay. Uh, okay.
5: Number nine is Malcolm X. Yikes! Yikes! yikes. yikes. Wonderful. Uh, and uh, number eight, uh, I've never heard of this. Uh, Yankee Doodle Dandy. Guys, when it comes to Yankee Doodle Dandy, this is a movie <laughs> called Yankee Doodle Dandy. <laughs> <laughs> uh, <laughs> I actually don't know what this one is, but I'm gonna I'm gonna check real quick to make sure that Barr can help me out. Wow! It's,
3: oh, okay, it's, it's it's James Cagney. Uh, this movie is about um. Thank you, Paul. George Cohen, I believe.
0: Uh, yes, and, George Cohen.
5: Yeah, it's he a is a
0: musical composer, and... playwright, actor, dancer, singer. Blah blah blah.
5: Oh, then of course this is on Barr's list. It's like it's from the 40s. It's kind of musical. Of course, this is on his list. Uh, I'm surprised he didn't find a way to figure out how to put Wizard of Oz on here. Um, but, yeah, like, it, it
0: sounds like fun. <laughs> Sweet. I'm glad, glad we got a full round before we have to bring you back. This is fantastic. Raging Bull. I can't talk about anything besides Jacob. Wow. This is rough. We're moving along. Uh, we're going to go to uh, Paul for your seven through uh, four, one at a time.
3: Uh, yeah. So my number seven uh, is from my favorite movie year of all time. It is one of my favorite films of that year. Um, and I think it's my favorite performance by this actor, and that's Brad Pitt in The Assassination of Jesse James by the coward Robert Ford, um, which is a a brilliant film from 2007, uh, directed by Dominic. Uh, I think that this takes the idea of Jesse James and turns him into such an interesting cultural figure and sort of gives you a look at him, and also it's kind of also a biopic about Robert Ford, and I think the duality of those two men where you see the way that Robert Ford looks at Jesse James, and and it's sort of almost his his way to fame is is Jesse James because he, he knows that him he on his own is not really a notable figure in history, but he achieves that status by you know the titular assassination. And I think the way that it takes this idea of celebrity and sort of inverts what that means, especially in the context of the time period that this takes place, um, I think is incredible. I think that it's Brad Pitt just has such a command of the screen whenever he's on screen and the ensemble cast is is amazing. And I just think this is a, such a thoroughly interesting and well-executed biopic that I think is really underrated and underappreciated. I can't believe it's Bond. That's such a bummer. I,
0: I think we can have more talk about this being your favorite year of cinema. Um, I just think that is an interesting topic. I would love to have that conversation. Um, but I absolutely love this movie. Um, I am kind of like... It's 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 going to sound awful, but I'm kind of like a Jesse James... like kind of like I like to hear stories about him like I think it's a fascinating time in history especially like that just gunslinger just wild times just do as you please and like how it all worked and uh his story and the different tellings but this is my favorite telling of that and like the telling of the whole uh story it's uh I've really in this community I've never heard anybody bring this up so I was really surprised when it landed on Paul's uh list um, everybody else, I'm really curious. Uh, this was not on your bio, This is not on your list. Uh, haven't seen it. Just not a fan. Didn't think of it. What's well, a
4: uh, beautiful trailer? First of all, I have remember seen the trailer for this movie and thinking this thing should win best cinematography just from the trailer. Uh, I went and saw the movie, and it is. And they call it. They, they say the director is a little bit uh, Terrence Malick light in some ways. I think he actually worked with Terrence Malick before this. Uh, he's like his protege in some ways from what I heard. Uh, it's not a bad movie. I think it's just very long. Uh, it has a very slow pace. And I did have trouble sticking with it for the whole movie, but it is beautifully shot. Uh, Brad Pitt's performance is good. and Casey Affleck I think it's fantastic in it. Uh, they're very subtle performances. This is not like big, over-the-top western. Don't love the movie, but I appreciate watching it. It's the best thing I can say. Uh,
2: uh, yeah uh- I will say uh, this is one I just haven't
5: gotten to. So, yeah.
0: That's the poll to go to. And uh, Barr. I, yes,
5: I, the very uh, talented actor, star of Creed 2, Andrew James Barr, uh, have not seen uh, The Assassination of Jesse James by the Coward Robert Ford. However, my multiple personality self, uh, Caleb Coho, has seen it and likes this movie a lot, but wouldn't put it in the top ten. Oh.
0: So, Paul, you're wrong by one of his personalities. <laughs> Thanks. Um, can give us your number six? Sorry, right.
3: Patricia didn't like that one, but uh, no. it's so my number six, like that one. My number six is uh, not a, con- a pick necessarily in the conventional sense, uh, and that, uh, that is The Wind Rises, which am, is a... I am the captain now. I am the captain now. Which is a 2013 film by Hayao Miyazaki. At the time, it was his swan song as a filmmaker. Um, we now know that to not be the case. Um but this is just one of my favorite animated movies ever. and I love that it takes Miyazaki's passion for aviation and sort of distills it into this man's life. Um, and it's, you know, it's based on a guy who's got a really conflicting history just because he's responsible for these machines that have been used like as, as weapons of war. And I think he himself was very much a pacifist, but was working within this system in which he was kind of forced to, to make something that he didn't want to make. And I think that's such an interesting story. I think the love story at the center is also incredible. Um, it's there's so much pathos in those like small scenes between them. Like it doesn't dominate the movie, but I just think it's breathtaking. I think this is some of the best animation ever, and I just think it's a gorgeous, beautiful, meditative movie that really captures the spirit of the man that it's depicting, but also of the filmmaker. And I think that's it's got that great duality within the, the man it's about and the man who made it.
0: Man. You always have to do this. There's a reason it's getting voted out of our other Trivia League, Studio Ghibli, and people that watch these movies. Um, I have not seen this one. Maybe I give you credit because you gave me Graves of Firefly, and you gave me like a week to watch that one. This one you gave me 12 hours, didn't have time, it was working, how dare you. Uh, but maybe it's great. You were right about the last one. This is probably a great movie. But on this episode, it gives you a neutral point because I can't tell you it's positive or negative. So, like... Helps your case even stronger. Um Bowman, you like some of these movies. Spirited away is your favorite. Have you seen The Wind Rises?
2: Uh, I have. Um I this isn't like top tier Miyazaki for me, but like definitely mid tier. It's a good movie. So uh, I, I enjoy Wind Rises a bit. Don Crescent's Camily Blunt. Uh
0: yeah. Um JTE or Bar slash Coho. Uh I missed this one. Was this our before or after Ponyo?
4: 2013. so after.
3: after It was, it was, it was the after. last movie. Okay. He's
4: done. Yeah. I've seen almost all his films up to Ponyo. And I just haven't caught up with Ponyo or this one. And I know he's got another one coming. So
5: I just haven't seen it.
0: Here.
5: Uh, Andrew Barr says he hasn't seen it. Caleb Coho says this is his favorite of the three Ghibli movies he's seen. And I like it a lot. And I didn't know it was a biopic. So that's cool.
3: Yeah, Jiro is a real man.
5: I did not know that.
0: That's actually that makes it better, actually. All right. Give us your five.
3: All right. So my number five is a movie I rewatched for this list. Um is another Brad Pitt movie. Uh it's 2011's Moneyball. Mm. This is one of my favorite sports films ever. Um, I am a huge baseball fan, and I think the story <coughs> of Billy Bean and and the a- the Moneyball A's was something that was just waiting to be put to film. And I'm so glad that it was this creative team that sort of assembled it um, like just some of the scenes, I think just stick in my mind so heavily when Billy Bean sitting in the Coliseum by himself, listening to the game on the radio, I think the way that you see him express sort of a lot of these complex like different emotions rushing through him in such a simple way is incredible. I think the relationship with his daughter is some of the best stuff in the movie. I always tear up at the end when his daughter sends him the tape of her singing, um, enjoy the show and i just think it's a thoroughly incredibly executed the trade deadline scenes amazing um and it, it's a great movie and it's about sort of baseball stats and data which is kind of a crazy thing to make a really interesting movie about but i think it's one of the great biopics and one of the great sports
0: movies of, of all time uh Coho, correct me if i'm wrong no one else had this on the list right okay <clears throat> so i'm I I would say probably I'm the biggest baseball fan probably on the call. Me and Paul will go hand in hand probably in that. Um, and the biggest problem with this movie that I've always had is Moneyball is such a great story, but they lie to your flipping faces so bad in this movie. They had three. Of of and, and
3: yeah. They had
0: three Exploring aces stuff. on their pitching staff to help them get. Twenty wins. They don't tell you any of that. They don't tell you about the amazing pitching. But the overall story is fantastic. Like when he walks in and he's like, yeah, "I traded you," and he's like, "Oh, he's like, I'm starting. You're starting Hanegraaff uh, at first uh, base. No, I'm not. I'm starting him. Yeah. Nope. No, you're not. I just traded him. You did what? I can't cope. I can't coach you. And like he sits there in the, I think the scouting room is one of the best ideas, like the, one of the best scenes where he's yeah, basically when he's,
3: he's doing this when they're talking about this guy's got yeah. a girlfriend and all that stuff. Yeah.
0: Yeah. He's basically, he's like, we're not, we're not going to replace these three. Or is there any chance to replace them? No, there's not. So let's stop. Let's change everything we're doing. I just think it's a great thing. It's It was the big change of baseball. Baseball switched at that time frame and uh people not everybody plays money ball, but they started paying attention to analytics and stuff that matters and baseball evolved at that point instead of uh so I find the story fascinating. It is literally in my top five uh sports movie baseball movies especially but top five sports probably um I think the story is fantastic. Um especially Billy being going from a player to the GM and not realizing what the pressure that they put on a person and can't live up to the hype. Um Moneyball. Um and what say you guys? What do you guys think about Moneyball? Uh GT you can go first.
4: I love this movie. I, I had I struggled not putting it on my list. It's for me it almost feels more like a behind the scenes of how baseball works and like the process of trading and you know the when it comes down to numbers. And it was more for me like a movie about how this guy changed the way baseball was managed in a lot of ways. And that's why I struggled putting on my list. Cause when I do go to a biopic, I really want to learn so much about the character and the actor or the person, the actor is playing. And this one, I feel more like, yeah, I got to know Bean, but it was just more about the behind the scenes stuff. Uh, there's a movie on my list that you could probably say the same thing about, but it felt harder for me to ignore, but no, I love Moneyball. I think it's one of my favorite sport movies. I think Brad Pitt's great in it. It's just, for me, it came down hard to, It is a biopic. Like you said, sometimes you name off one of these movies, you're like, oh, yeah, that is a biopic. So this was the one that jumped at me, so I kind of just kept it off the list, but trust me, it it danced around making my list.
2: I'm mad at myself for forgetting this movie because I love Okay, I'm notorious in this community for knowing nothing about sports, but I love, 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 this movie the scene uh, when Brad Pitt is doing like the trading over the phone and he's like doing all the stats and he's like on three different calls with three different people and he's just pointing at Jonah Hill the whole time I I like that a lot I think it's very entertaining and it, it makes baseball interesting to me as someone who uh, probably can't sit through an entire game of baseball
0: <laughs> stop you're not helping your case <laughs> Um. What does Barr say about this?
5: Uh, Barr (coughs) says this just missed his list. He really likes this one. Um, I would say it's probably because it's Sorkin. Uh, I too like this movie, but of the four Sorkin biopics of the decade, it's my number four. Um, Not because it's bad, just because it's just I love the other three.
3: No
0: skiing, so it wasn't good enough for you.
5: Yeah, no, no Jessica Chastain, so it's not good enough for me. Uh, Um, But um, great movie.
0: Oh, that scene where he tells him to play first base, and he's like, it's extremely easy. He's like, it's extremely difficult. (laughs) So, one of my favorite parts in any sports movie. All right, give us your four so everybody can just stare blank at you. I'm
3: for my uh, hipster pick, whatever, if you will. I thought Uh, we already crossed that. This film, I think, is an absolute masterpiece, though. It's 1985's Mishima, A Life in Four Chapters, which is a Paul Schrader film. Uh, Paul Schrader of First Reform, Taxi Driver, Raging Bull fame, et cetera, et cetera. Uh, it's a story about the life of famous uh, Japanese author um, Yukio Mishima. It uh, tells one story. It's four, in four parts, as the title suggests. One story is about his own life, and three of the stories are short stories with him inserted into them. Um, and I think that's such an interesting framing device to use in author's stories to tell his own. Is I think, really a brilliant idea. And the way it's executed, I think it's got some of the best visual imagery um, of, of the 80s. I think it's beautiful. You see all these popping colors and um, deep blues and bright reds in this golden tower. Uh, it's just such a great exploration to Mishima as a man and sort of what he valued and how his pride was ultimately his downfall. Um, yeah. And I know it's not a very well seen movie, but I think this is an incredible movie um, on it on criterion collection. And this is uh yeah, it's just fantastic narrated by Roy Scheider. Um, it's just great stuff. And I would highly recommend anyone that's interested in, in, you know, literature or just interesting figures that have sort of conflicting views on stuff to, to check this out. It's it's really great.
0: So when I looked this up, I had two options. I could rent it for $3.99 or pay $30 for it on Amazon. I didn't do either. But I will check it out. Um, thank you for uh, sending that so late. Uh, I tried, to, when everybody sends me this, I try with their top fours. I try to at least get see him if I haven't. Uh, there's no chance to see this one at this time, but uh, it sounds interesting enough. I will definitely check it out. I like biopics, so can't hate your choice for it. I just can't give you any feedback. Um, Barr doesn't even have to answer this. I'm pretty sure he hasn't seen this. Boatman, have you seen this? I have not. Cool. Uh, JTE, uh, you were uh, the great Ecuadorian film uh, reviewer. Have you seen this?
5: I have not.
0: Okay. Uh, you I, have I was not with,
5: coho. No, no, but I will say the moment he said Paul Schrader, I was like, oh, of course, <coughs> of course, not made Paul's list. So,
0: oh, fair, okay. So joking. we're gonna move. We're gonna move to Boatman. You've sat there a while. You've put Raging Bull and Vice just slightly under Raging Bull. So I'm excited to see where you go from here. Give us your seven. I'm scared. Um, my number seven, You should be. My number
2: seven. I'm guessing will be a yikes. It's Malcolm X it is uh, another yikes yes yes my um, number six is a different aaron sorkin biopic it is steve Jobs.
0: anybody else does it on anybody else's note? okay
2: okay wow um taking parts of job's life and kind of uh showing the the transition of like okay this is where he is here in like 84 then it, him in 88, him in 98. And I think Fastbender's performance is like fantastic. Kate Winslet, Seth Rogan is doing his best performance ever. Um, but just the the dialogue is perfect. I love the interaction between uh Fassbender and stoolbard uh when they can't get the computer to say hello. And uh this this whole discussion, and it's like you have six bullets in your gun or you have a what it has a one in six shots chance in working. You better work. Uh, that's the reverse. of. I'm messing up the quote, but um, it's, uh, it ends with better work on getting some more bullets out of the gun. It's Sorkin dialogue. It's way better than I could explain it, but yeah.
0: Okay. So this movie really, really, uh, bewilders me almost okay so i worked in the theater from 2014 till i left that like two years ago and it's always that when this movie came out this was one of the most underwhelmed movies even reviewed in our film like the fan the 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 critics that we watch like on i think on screen junkies on collider everybody's like it's a fine movie it's okay it's passable but like didn't rave about it like and now this thing is like blown up i in this community i think maybe koho's just yelling the loudest but i don't get it like i like it i think it's fine i wanted to see more of his life and so the three events in apple especially not even like the craziest events i don't know i just i've seen the movie i think he i think to say Fastbender gave a great performance will no dip, dip shit. Like, what else are you going to tie into the movie? Like, I just I don't get the appeal for this movie as high as it is. Uh, I may be completely wrong. Uh, what do you guys say about Steve Jobs? It didn't make any of your else's list, so I'm curious. No,
4: I'll stick up for it, though, because I think Danny Boyle did a really good job directing it. I love how it's broken up in three separate events that take place in one day. And I believe the first event takes the shot in 16, 16 millimeter. The second scene is shot at 35 millimeter. The last is shot digitally, and I just feel like Danny Boyle gave a real aesthetic and energy to the film, which helped it a lot. Like the, if you want a boring Steve Jobs movie, just watch the ash Kutcher one. That is that's a TV of the Week version of a Steve Jobs movie. He's
3: not terrible in it, but
4: no, he's not terrible in it. But the, the filmmaking is just dead on arrival. It's like point the camera, shoot. Danny Boyle brought so much to that movie, and you team that up with Michael Fassbender, who is. From beginning to end, fantastic. Uh, Great supporting cast. Uh, I thought Seth Rogan was really good. Um, Kate Beck, not Kate Beckinsale, Kate...
3: um, Or Kate Winslet.
4: Kate Winslet, sorry. Yes, Kate Winslet, (laughs) much better actress. (laughs) Um, Just overall, I just think it's really well cast, really well shot, really well acted. I really liked the movie when it first came out. It didn't make my list. The movies that are on my list have a little bit more stood the test of time. Not too many of these are too recent. Uh, for me, like that was just a little too new. Uh, I also really love Lincoln, which did make my list but again, it's only been a few years. I need a little more time for it to really see if it
0: could stand the test of time. but I like Steve Jobs and pause before I go on to anybody else. Koho, you just said you're underselling one of the best movies of the decade. you saw it three months ago. can you please calm down like geez, one of the best movies of the decade I think you're high. Um, Please yeah. tell me, if, so,
3: am I crazy or what? I do think you're a little crazy in that. I think a straightforward cradle to grave story of Steve Jobs is really uninteresting. And I actually think that the, the decision to make it these three separate scenes, I think, is one of the best parts of this movie. Um, because those are really the three turning points in his life. And those are the moments that I think are most impactful on who he, he is and who his, what his legacy is. Um, again, in this house, we respect Catherine Waterston. I think she's incredible in a supporting performance. The, the cast is great. But I think that decision is really what distills the story into the most interesting element. And I actually do think this is a really great movie. I think this is really one of Danny Boyle's best movies, and it's not necessarily recognized as, as much. I think it's gaining a little traction just because I think when people go back to it, it's sort of, it's a little left of center of what a general biopic is. And I think that's what kind of sets it apart from a lot of these movies. And Fastbender is really great. Like, you know, Steve Jobs has been, you know, performed many times on stage and on screen, but I think this is the best version of that. Um, and I think this is the best version of what a Steve jobs movie can be really just because I, I don't think that Steve jobs like in college when he's dropping that, I, I don't think that stuff's interesting. Um, so I think this is the best approach. And I think it's a really great movie. It just didn't, didn't quite make my list. I just love the, you know, some other biopics a little more.
0: Well, hot damn two people that absolutely love this movie, but didn't put it anywhere near a top 10. Okay. Uh, Bar tell uh, me, I, I already know you love this. So let's go. Uh, I Caleb Coho, uh, K dog for short, love
1: this movie. Uh, I think it's the best movie of the decade. It's the greatest of Michael Fassbender's career and Danny Boyle's career. Uh, but me as Andrew Barr, I really like this movie a lot. Um, I didn't think about this one, but it even it, it still would not have made my top ten list, even if I did. But I really like this movie a lot.
0: Okay. It's the best honorable mention of the entire group. <laughs> back. Um, it's going to make the uh, list somehow. Oh, uh, yeah. Yeah. It's the one that won't make the combined list, but it it should because we all our hearts, hearts. Um, hearts right here. uh, Give us your give us your five vote. I'm excited to see what you put above this masterpiece.
2: Um. Uh, My number five is Orsay's The Aviator. Uh, Okay, Uh, just kind of this epic look at the life of Howard Hughes. I think uh, there's a lot going on in this movie, but I think a lot of it is interesting. And seeing DiCaprio's kind of transformation into this kind of very brash very confident and slowly just being taken over by his O C D is amazing and just one subtle thing uh that scorsese did is like he mimicked the he used the color palette to like mimic what could be done uh in that specific time period so like the color palette like changes as the movie goes along And I think that's just very, very interesting. And uh, yeah, it's Scorsese, it's DiCaprio, it's really good.
0: This is my kind of cinema. This is what I enjoy most. Um, No, when I first watched this movie, I wasn't a big fan of it. I think there's a turning point in Leo's career, and this was around that time that I found him still a little whiny at times. Um, but then on rewatches, um, I absolutely love this movie. It's in my top 10 of uh, Scorsese. Um, I think the story is very interesting. I lo- everything you explained, I just, I'm just i really confused by the order of your list. I, we'll get to it at the end, but this is like the most confusing list I've ever seen in my life. Um, <clears throat> it's just like, eh, here, and then, oh, here. Like I don't know if you ever had a method to it, but I like The Aviator. Five, maybe a little high, but um Sure. Uh, Everybody on the aviator. No one else had it, so I'm curious. I'm going to be real quick. I have been
1: meaning to see this movie. I just haven't gotten to it yet.
0: It's
3: on Netflix.
1: Mm -hmm. If it came out in
0: 1941, you want to watch it. (laughs) Okay. I'll I'll go next, Andy. (laughs)
3: Jesus. I'll go next. Uh, It's no rules don't apply. No, I'm kidding. Um, I think this is great. I actually, this is, it might sound a little crazy. I think this is the best Leo performance. I think it encapsulates the most levels of what make him a great actor. Um, and I think it's sort of the most authentic that he feels in any movie, really. Um, you know, there, he's been in better movies, I think. But I think this is like a great, great central performance. I really think that the three women in this movie, Blanchett, Beckinsale, and Stefani, are actually all really compelling. And I was really impressed by Beckinsale and Stefani. I'd never you know, seen be good in movies really before, I thought but I thought they were really compelling um, as the three actresses. And I, I just think this is a really great movie. It's a bit over long for me. Um, and I kind of understand why, but I just think it, it drags on a bit too long, but I do think this is a great movie and it's sort of an underrated in ish kind of Scorsese movie that gets a little lost in the shuffle. I think.
0: Oh yeah. You said crazy take. I agree. Uh, uh, bestly over from the Don't agree with that. But uh, JT, you think of movie either. Yeah, I mean, it's a
4: good movie. There's not much to say bad about it, but I guess it just doesn't have as much re- rewatchability for me. I've seen it twice, I believe. I saw it in theaters. I definitely revisited it on Blu-ray and uh, not too long ago, maybe like a year and a half ago, two years ago. It's still like a really solid from beginning to end a biopic. And Leo is great in it. Cate Blanchett, I think, is really good in it too. But for some reason, I just don't have that uh, desire to go back and rewatch it that much. But that's not taking anything away from the movie. That's just me personally just doesn't have that rewatchable factor.
0: All right, both. It was four.
2: My number four is uh, a different Leonardo DiCaprio biopic. It is uh, my favorite Spielberg movie. Catch me if you can.
0: Mm. No one else? Okay. okay, the true story of
2: Frank Abagnale Jr. I like movies about con artists, and I really like the dynamic in this one. DiCaprio and Hank's just like back and forth because they're both kind of this game of cat and mouse and all the scenes in which they're interacting is great and just the little intricacies of how dicaprio is making these fraudulent checks and posing as a lawyer as a pilot as a doctor i think it's really fun but also you get those emotional moments uh when he finds out his father has died on the plane and he tries to then uh, escape the plane one last time and go to his mom's house, where she finds out, where he finds out she's kind of started a new life. I think that really hits. And I, I just really enjoy this film. I've seen it a lot.
0: I absolutely love this movie. Um, it is one of my favorite Steve Spielberg movies. Um, I'm with you. I think the reason why you like con artist movies is because you are a con artist, so that makes sense. Um, you've been hiding from the government for a long time guys he's i know where he lives just let me i'll tell you um so yeah it's, i don't know if it deserves to be this high um but i mean i like it a lot um just it's one that you definitely don't think of like fully as a biopic all the time like you know once you think of the story again yes but um yeah i love catch me If You Can, so i can't I can't hate you for the choice. Um, I just think the placement's a little out of order. Uh, Paul, you had a little bit of a reaction to this. I'm curious what you think. Uh, that
3: was just the best Spielberg movie part. I think that is a uh, little little off your rocker there. Um, look, we get it. You're a comic book fan just because his character's name is Barry Allen. You have to try to find a way to get that into this list. <laughs> but, um, I think this is good. It's never been one that really captured me the way it has other people. Um, it's not my favorite 2002 <coughs> Spielberg movie, actually. Um, but I think it's a good, very watchable movie. It's just not something that I've ever really been grabbed. And I feel like Frank is not a person that I was ever really interested in before or after the movie. Like, it felt like Leo being Leo didn't really feel like him embodying a character in a way. Um, so it's entertaining, and I, I would never derive anyone for loving it. But I just, yeah, it doesn't really do it for me.
1: Um, Paul literally said everything that I was going to say. Like, not right. kidding.
0: That's why I bring him on the show, so not, so not everybody has to talk. It's beautiful, JT, what's your take
4: Yeah, yeah, kind of fall in line with the same thing. Uh, it's a light-hearted movie. It's a fun movie. I guess I just like my biopics a little bit more, a little more meat on the bone, a little more dramatic. Uh, I think mm. Spielberg does a really good job, but it's just it's like a light-hearted, fun movie. And it's a biopic, so it, I get it. I'd have no argument with it being on a top ten list. Maybe a little high and. I don't know. Just it's a good
1: movie. I think the only reason it's this high on Boats list is because it has Christopher Walken saying "two but two mice fell into a bucket of cream."
0: Oh mice! Okay, we're done. Um, that, the cringe factor is real high on this <laughs> episode. you cut that part out. Uh, I'm have that. Please eliminate that. Um, okay. Um, and so we're JT, done with you, right? JT, seven, I believe. Um, yes. Yeah, so JT, start with your seven and go oh. one at a time.
4: Number seven, I'm going with American Splendor. My favorite Paul Giavati film. uh, I think this is his best performance. I think the filmmaking list is so inventive, and it brings what could have been like kind of a simple story to a very meta kind of – brings the comic to life in a lot of ways. Now, if you don't know Henry Picard, he was a comic book artist who was independent, very small, but was really well-respected underground. Uh, Came up with Harry Crumb when they were doing like adult comics. And his comics are – Literally considered some of the best like indie comics of all time, and for me, Paul Giamatti in this role just kills it from beginning to end. It's hysterical. It's touching. I wish this movie was on Blu-ray. Like literally, if you said what are like five movies that aren't on Blu-ray, this is one I want on Blu-ray. It's only available on DVD. I'm sure, you can rent it online. I'm a physical media guy. I love this movie. I want to own a Blu-ray one day. Anybody out there runs a Blu-ray company or a studio? Put this on Blu-ray. It is a fantastic film. It's one of the best-reviewed biopics I've seen online. It's just a great film. And and again, Paul Giamatti, I think, goes underappreciated nowadays. This guy kills it in this movie. I think this is his best performance from beginning to end.
0: Um, JG, I don't mean to break this to you, but if anybody that runs a Blu-ray thing, they're not watching this video. I promise you that, (laughs) but I appreciate it. You never Um, know. <laughs> oh, well, I hope he stumbles across it and uh, me a job. Okay, uh, American Splendor. Uh, I actually like the choice a lot. Um, I love Paul Giamatti. I think Paul Giamatti is uh, what you said. One of the. Uh, I think now he's more of a uh, made fun of because I he was the know Rhino in the uh-huh. Rhino in Amazing Spider-Man too. Um, so like, that's a sad thing. But I think he's a fantastic actor, and I think this is one of his best movies. Um, I. I am not a physical media guy. Um, I'm sorry. I don't need to break your heart. Um, um, but um, I, I, I would love it to be. I've seen. I saw it on HBO not so long ago. It's on HBO Go um, or now. Uh, it's 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 a fantastic movie. I, if you haven't seen it, I would definitely go check it out. It's uh, it's not too long. It's 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 about the right runtime. Um,
4: in the way that you guys the wall. Go ahead. Like the movie breaks the fourth wall in the most interesting ways, where the yeah. Real-life characters that the actors are playing interact, and it's fascinating, and it's almost like you're watching this weird meta behind-the-scenes scene. I don't know. I just love the
1: way it's structured, really.
0: It really is. Uh, anybody on the American Splendor? Um, um,
1: Paul Giamatti is probably my favorite actor working today. Have you seen that? I have been meaning to, and I probably will within this month after this conversation. <laughs>
3: I don't that's know how you favorite. can call this Paul Giamatti's best performance when San Andreas exists when he <laughs> plays the earthquake expert. Um, <laughs> no, I think this is a pretty great movie. Um, like being serious, my favorite Paul Giamatti performance is a year after this, a uh, little film called Sideways. But I do think he's yeah. really good in this movie. Yeah, um,
4: Sideways is great too, but I put
3: this above it. But I, I, I don't. I really, really well made, and it's it's really got interesting style. But I guess it's another one that's never grab me in that same way. Even though I like have read you know read some of picar's work and stuff like I don't know. There's something about the movie and also the director just it's sad. She went on to make like the nanny diaries and stuff like that. So it's it's a yes. bit rough. But no this, this is a really good movie and respectable choice. Just like for some reason the movie has never really hit me on that personal level.
0: Don't talk shit on the nanny diaries. Um uh boom. have you seen this? I no I, I said I haven't. Well, I don't pay attention when you talk Uh Give us your six, JP. Uh,
4: this might be a yikes. I'm going Raging Bull. Really?
0: No. Wow. We finally I, get to talk about it now.
4: I felt bad for putting it this low, but I guess I'm okay with that. <laughs> Raging Bull. Like, you look into the 80s, and when you say, what is De Niro's best role, 95% of people are going to point to this movie. He might have had more fun roles. I mean, I love him in Goodfellas and some other films. But from beginning to end, what he is able to do without doing a lot—like this—is not a role where he speaks or talks a whole bunch, or is just like you know, you know, doing some mafia type guy. Everything he does in this movie is just underlining. It's just it's beneath, and it boils to a boil basically at the very end, where it's. I mean, I feel like anything I could say will do it justice compared to all the essays, reviews, and (laughs) the books you could read about this performance. Uh, He really kind of, and again, Scorsese, I think the black and white looks phenomenal. The boxing scenes are shot differently than any other boxing movie before it. And I'm a huge Rocky fan, but the way he shot this made boxing more violent and more in a way that's never really been done before. And I think Joe Pesci, this is really like his coming out party. He had been in some smaller films before this, but this was like, put Joe Pesci on the map. And I think the relationship between him and Jake LaMotta is just amazing. And with his wife, there's just too much good to ignore it, really. It's not an easy movie to watch. It might not be the most watchable. But I think when you want to watch a performance, one of the best performances from an actor in the 80s, 90s, 70s, you name it, it's got to be uh, Robert De Niro and Al Pacino. Robert De Niro and Rageable, not Al Pacino. Uh,
0: two, people, two other people had this. Uh, Boatman, say your piece first
2: and then the bar. Uh Yeah, so uh, this movie is amazing. Uh, the reason it was a little low is because I think it kind of drags a little bit towards the end uh, when he gets arrested. But other than that, I think it's really great. It is, I, I don't know if I can call it Dinero's best, but like top three best performance. What would you say besides this is the best? I'm a big The King of Comedy guy. I That one really hits me. I'm also a big taxi driver guy, but
4: Taxi Driver is probably one A one B. I would say Godfather as it's a great supporting role, but he is doing like a Brando kind of pressure a little bit. For me, Taxi Driver, Raging Bull, both Scorsese. Mm
2: -hmm. But yeah, uh, I think yeah, a lot of the scenes really work. The tension between Pesci and De Niro when. You know, he's asking, like, did you have an affair with my wife? Like, I I think that really hits it's it is a really great movie, and I probably should have put it a little higher, but I like a lot of the ones in my list more.
1: Um, I I think this is one of the best shot movies ever made. Um, the cinematography in this is amazing. Especially um that scene where um it's him and Sugar Ray in the ring. And suddenly it just dolly zooms, and you just hear this like the silence, and it is so effective. Um, the reason it's so low on my list is the third act kind of drags. Um,
4: interesting only because I feel like his life becomes a drag in a lot of ways. Like, he was a fighter, somebody that was like famous, bigger than life, is now kind of brought down to this. The Twilight years where he's just kind of a nobody, a guy who's in a club. So the thing where you say it drags, I think it's kind of the point of the movie in some ways.
1: I can understand that. Um, Sorry. It's still my number 10. It's really it's still my number 10, though.
3: <laughs> uh, yeah, um, Co- Coho, if you want to put up the year on trial graphic when I go to speak about this because um, I did not <laughs> have this on my list.
0: But uh, I get the dog first, so yeah. nice try. Um, <laughs> um, um, he listens to Paul better than he listens to you. He's an idiot. Um, he works for free, so I can't really do much about it. Um, no, this is um, this I have defended this movie more in the past like six months than I thought I would ever have to. Um, I've fought against the it's hard to watch. Well, th- that's the man's life. I'd rather them tell it than sugarcoat over it. Um. He he feels like he's an okay guy throughout the entire movie. Like what he's doing is right, and what he feels like is. And you see the descent, and even when he's doing the clubs at the end, he's literally <coughs> just this despicable this guy who thinks he's the greatest thing ever. And the people around him that loved him the most hate him. Like he, he's 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 fallen so far from grace. Um I absolutely love this movie. I think uh, th- to say like it's one of the best shot movies, 100. Um, percent I think it's Scorsese's best directed movie, yeah, just absolutely. how he oh how he overlooks everything. I think I think there's better Scorsese movies like rewatchable, but over this, I, I don't know if I would say this. It's always a tough thing because like he does so many great performances in his career. Like even Kate Fear, I just rewatched that new thread. That with a the the. the the insane where he goes into that realm is like an acting, like I think that just takes more, but he's also insane in this one. Uh, <clears throat> I'm a little surprised at this ten eight six. Like I get it but the third act, like I, I don't like that argument. Uh, tell me the third act of Yankee Doodle dandy, whatever you put. Like, yeah, that okay. I, Yankee Doodle is that dog. is slow and boring. Um Paul, um <laughs> what the fuck? Like, I get it. You you claim to like film, and I know you like the film that, like, makes $12,000 at the box office that no one ever gets to see. <laughs> <laughs> but do you just – here's your hot take. Tell me why I'm wrong and tell me why you, uh, Raging Bull is a piece of shit movie that no one should ever watch because it's got all these undertones. Please mm-hmm. tell me. Oh, that's
3: exactly what I'm gonna say. No, um, this was my favorite Scorsese movie for a long time, um, and I still think it's an incredible movie. For a biopics list, this is gonna sound nitpicky, and that's that's fine if you have issues with that. I feel like Scorsese used Jake LaMotta as sort of a lens to tell the story he wanted to tell. I feel like this isn't really about Jake LaMotta at the end of the day; it's really about sort of the characteristics that he carries, and I think that that's you know you could mirror that with a lot of other people. You could kind of plug and play a lot of boxers from from this era, and I think that's. Um, kind of similar. And really, I just kind of wanted to make a, a more interesting list that I could talk about more stuff. I knew people would have this movie already on there. Um, it's a pretty unassailable classic movie. Um, but yeah, it's, it's you know, it is no longer one of my absolute favorite Scorsese movies, but it is absolutely one of his best. Um, I think it's pretty much technically note perfect. It's just, there's a little something about it that doesn't, that doesn't pull me in, I guess, in the same way that some other ones do. It's a great movie. i just
0: not on my list. Fair. Whatever. Uh, it hurt your list for not being on there. But I was sitting the entire time while you were talking. I'm like, yeah, Paul, you make a lot of sense. No, not this time. I will not stand <laughs> for it. Your persuasion will not get me to agree with you. You are wrong on this one, and I will stand by it. All right. We're moving on. Uh, who was that? Uh, that was JT. So it's give five. us your five. Yeah. Uh,
4: number five. This was a tough one for me to put on here because – not all these movies are exactly 100% correct, historically correct. Uh, but to me, I'm going to let that slide, and I had to go with The Social Network.
1: Yikes. Yikes. Uh, the same spot. Okay,
0: so it's Yikes. It's at least out of the top four All right, in the top three, so uh, we will wait to talk about that one. Um, I'll let my cards. Uh, that's a good, good pick. Um, okay, go to your number four.
4: Number four, another movie that is not historically accurate but cannot be ignored. I think it's one of the best films of the decade it came out in. That is Amadeus. Yikes! Yikes! All right.
0: Okay, <laughs> we're we're um, we're one way. So, Bar, uh, give us your, you get to actually talk this time about your list. Um, give <laughs> oh, us your oh, seventh yeah,
1: or yeah, fourth. Uh, Often, I never. My number seven, uh you may as well get coho in here because my number seven <coughs> is Rocket Man. Yes, God, yes. <laughs> you can get you can slap the recency label on me all you want, but I love this movie because I am an Elton John shill. Um but also I think what this movie does that I really, really like and really connect to is not only are the performances absolutely fantastic. But also, um, it takes what people have been slapping it as, as a traditional biopic, but it adds a lot of other elements to it, um, especially the fantastical elements, which I really, really liked. Um, It is a visual wonder, and some of the scenes in here, like the honky cat sequence, sorry seems to be the hardest word. Those are just absolutely fantastic scenes um I, it's a high recommendation for me i love this movie
0: well let me tell you there's no sugar in it i absolutely love this movie too um when i saw it the first time i went in with zero expectations i text one of my friends in this community uh tim um and i said hey i should i see godzilla king of monsters or rocket man and he's like, Well, you're an idiot. You'll see Rocket Man. I'm like, that's a clear-cut <laughs> choice. And I said, Okay, fair. Um, <clears throat> he said, I know you well enough, you'll enjoy that one better. I sat down and I had so much fun. Um, this movie, this movie, yes, it has a douche manager, it has uh uh he starts really strong, falls down, and then gets back up. Like we get all the classic tropes. If it happened to the man, I'm okay with seeing it. I. Uh, this also has one of my favorite movie stories. I went on the second view to get a refill, and the person this person goes, I like this movie, but he's a little too flamboyant. And I was like, do you know who Elton John is? Like, It was one of the best uh, comments I've ever had to make. <laughs> I think, personally as myself, everything aside, I think it's fine to be on your list. It is a little high, especially what you put underneath it. Um... But I absolutely love Rocket Man, so that's especially recency bias. But uh, no one else had Rocket Man, which I'm not shocked by, but uh, I'm excited to hear what everybody says about Rocket Man, and so I can boot you all off call.
2: Uh, I'll go. Uh, I'll be honest, this is probably a bit of a hot take. I like this movie a lot, but I think. No vice. It's no um, vice, right? Okay, fair. I think Bryce Dallas Howard is pretty bad in this movie. You're insane. I'm sorry. I think she's a she's really over the top and like Are I you kidding me? Her, Hold on. Right? Oh. I do not like her performance in this movie. I like her. <laughs> I'm sorry, Coho. I'm sorry.
0: Uh, but yeah, that's that's my big issue. So, Bryce Dallas Howard just out, got it. But, Vice, bring it in. Cool. Um, JT. Yeah, it's fine. (laughs) I liked it. I enjoyed
4: it. Uh, Nothing (coughs) I've seen like this kind of style of musical before. It reminded me a little bit of Across the Universe. Not as trippy as that movie. Uh, And I don't think that's even that good of a movie, to be honest with you. I think Rocketman's better. But while I, I think it was invented in some of the ways it did things, and telling it and like again breaking the fourth wall, doing these live you know these musical numbers, I thought it was good. I just it's not like a first of all way too early for me to come close to my top ten, and even if it was five years from now, I don't think it'd make my top ten. It's just it's good, it's really good, just not great.
0: And um, no Johnny Cash, I get it. Yeah.
3: I feel pretty similarly, honestly. I was not really wowed by it. Um, I think the pacing is really stilted. I think it kind of jumps around from scene to scene, in a way that doesn't flow very well. I think the, it loses momentum a lot of times. Um, I don't really know what is going on with the entire John Reed plotline. I was really just—it was really all over the place. I thought his characterization was really inconsistent. I think Jamie Bell is actually like pretty incredible in this yeah. movie. Yep. I think he's—I actually think he's the best part of the movie, like as good as Great. everything is. But the movie overall, I think is just, it's, it goes and fits and starts. And I, it's, just not, it's not great. I feel like it's, uh, I feel like I'm just much more interested in other right. movie And I think part of that, might, maybe just because I'm not a big Elton John fan, I think that definitely plays a little part of it. Um, I, I just feel like none of the, even the musical numbers, I feel like I wasn't really transported in the same way that it, it wanted to. Um, so it doesn't really deliver for me on that level.
0: But, Bo- uh, Coho, we have one, no, do never, stop that. We're not talking about Bateman or Bibbs on the show at all. Um, <laughs> they will lose. Oh, that's spectacular. Okay. Oh, wow. Uh, that's why I don't want you. I shouldn't let you on the show. Um, uh, give us your next one.
1: Uh, bar. bar, yeah. This is one I'm not expecting any yikes at all, but for some, but I love this movie. Uh, to me, it is like a sports Crime, drama, meets Fargo. It is I, Tonya. Um, This is just a really entertaining movie to watch. Uh, I think the direction that they took it in it was really smart. Um, I think Margot Robbie gives it a fantastic performance. Um, I think that um, the overall... Yeah, as I said, the overall tone of the movie is what really sells me. Um, and I think this is actually one of the better scores of a movie in the last couple of years. Uh, I love the incident uh, scene. It's so tense um, as you see him walking through the uh, stadium with, and then he brings out the baton. It's so tense. And that, <laughs> and um, I don't remember the guy's name. Paul Walker Hauser Is that his Walter. name? Walter Hauser. Paul Walter, Walter Hauser. Gives one of my favorite comedic performances of the decade. Uh, I don't know a Tony Harding. Um, this movie is such a great watch, and I highly recommend it. Itani is a great movie.
0: Okay. That's fair. Um, no. Um, one, I you have Raging Bull underneath this. Like that's a problem for me. And then two, I love the Janney in this movie. I think that's great. I think Margaret does a good Maybe job. Favorite part. Well, that's your fine. That's your you could be a take. I still think she does a great performance. Do I think she deserves the Oscar? Maybe not, but um, I think she does a fine performance in this. I, I think the story's fine. I just honestly, as a sports fan, even the as an Olympics fan, like I watch it every time it's like every four years. It's just I don't care about the story. Like, I don't care about Tanya Harding's story of it. I understand she goes through this harsh and it's exciting to look like, see what through her lens and like what actually happened in that incident. But it's just a story that's since I was born, it's just been played over and over like on ESPN, the 30 for 30. I've seen a lot about it. I'm just kind of over the story. So the movie didn't appeal to me. And then, didn't teach me. It took me more about Tonya Harding's life in a little bit, but the story overall, it's I just care that much about it anymore. Uh, everybody, uh, Bowman had a visceral reaction, and then I brought up Allison and Janney, and Paul did his pat-nick. So I'm <laughs> excited to see what hot take we have to say. Because uh, so let's let's just go. I'm
2: mad at myself for forgetting this movie because I legitimately love this movie, Cody, yeah! Cody, Cody just, just stop, okay? Uh, <laughs> no, uh, I really like the structure of this movie, the the kind of fourth wall, talk directly to the camera style that's going on. Uh, there's one where it's like, I never did this, uh, like is what she says directly to the camera. I really like that Sebastian Stan in this movie is really good. He's, he's playing like this terrifying,
0: mm-hmm. he's yeah, what this
2: terrifying version of Ned Flanders. <laughs> <laughs> works.
4: works.
2: <sighs> okay. uh, JT, uh, you want to go?
4: Yeah, it's fine. <laughs> it's good. Uh, I enjoyed the performances. Uh, it was very entertaining. But yeah, nowhere near my top fan. Um, I think... Yeah, I think overall the cast was really fun. Uh, I think I tani and I like how it changes different perspectives of all the same story at times. I I don't know, like there Thirty for Thirty did a documentary called The Price of Gold, which I would watch ten times before I watch this movie again. I just much more interesting to me. Um but it's not a bad movie by any means. It's an entertaining little film. I just don't think it's anywhere near top ten. I'd rather watch the documentary, I guess.
3: Yeah, I think Mark Robbie is incredible in this movie, but there are two pretty big issues. Um, whoever edited this movie was like really trying to get noticed and like really trying hard to make you notice the editing. I feel like it's it's so flashy and it really detracts from from the story and it, it takes you out of the narrative. It feels like you're not in this. You're not in a, It feels like you're seeing the seams every time it does this weird, wacky, like, quick cuts to all this random stuff. I think that stuff is pretty bad. And also, Allison Janney with like one of the most unjust um, Oscar wins of recent memory. Um, she's doing an SNL bit with a bird and was somehow awarded the Oscar over Laurie Metcalf, giving like the performance of her life, which is a whole other sort of you know, you know, bag of things to get into. But you know, this movie is all right. I think Margot Robbie is actually really incredible, but the rest of the movie is just not up to par. Um, I don't think the direction is very compelling, and yeah, it just it's trying too hard to be noticed. It's trying so hard to be flashy and. It doesn't it just doesn't do it for me Yeah, you know, it's fine i guess
0: oh yeah let's please get in another conversation about Metcalf doing their role from roseanne okay awesome good job let's move along uh go to your five
1: uh i said it before my number five is Fact. the social network and uh then my number four is um one of my favorite uh crime dramas um And it's, I think it's David Fincher's masterpiece, and it's Zodiac. Really? Okay. Um, That's a biopic, huh? Technically. We'll talk talk about that. We'll talk about that. Go
4: ahead. Man, I would put it
1: in my top 10. I didn't even think of it. Um, I, I think this is David Fincher's best work. The tension in this movie you can easily cut with not just a knife, but like an entire, like, like a butcher's knife. Um, The performances in in this movie are fantastic, and it might be Mark Ruffalo's best performance to date, in my opinion. Um, And it doesn't feel as long as it is. It doesn't feel like uh, the three-hour movie that it is, because it's so tight and well-directed and well-acted and well-written. And John Carroll... John Carroll Oates? Lynch. Lynch. I always do that for some reason. John Carroll Lynch in this movie is unsettling. He is very unsettling, as well as that basement scene. Um, I think Zodiac is so close to being a, like a masterpiece.
4: I, I think it is a masterpiece.
0: <laughs> yeah. Um, so when you put this on your list, so how my I work my show is you define it to me. I don't really go through with a fine tooth comb and say, oh, I don't really count that get it out of there. This one was a tough one because, yes, technically biopic. Um, it's more about the police department that kind of deals with the situation. Again, Zodiac is still the you know the case as it is. Um, do I? I consider it Fincher's best work. Um, it's one of my favorite movies. Uh, did it also come out in 2007, Paul? Is that right? Oh, what a year, huh? Interesting. Oh, what a year. <laughs> it's building up. Um, I just, I find it, I find this uh, movie fascinating. I just, I struggle at putting it in a biopic. That's just me. Uh, I think it is at top. Like I can, I can see the argument for it. It's just rough for me to put it in there because the title Zodiac, I mean, it's about the Zodiac killer, it's about the people, but you don't really see the, you just see about the case. It's more of a case study. It's not like, it's a real, it's a true crime movie, if anything. Mm -hmm. It's 100% true crime. I just don't think it's considered overall bio. Um, But that's just my opinion. Uh, I did on the technicality. I don't hate the choice. I just, it's a little too high for what the category basically is. Yeah, Um, my thing
3: is, who is this a biopic of? (laughs) Is this a Robert Graysmith biopic? Is this a Paul Avery biopic? Like, I just don't Think of this like it's a true story, but it's not about a specific person. And to me, there are two films, this and All the President's Men, that I chose to exclude from my list, even though technically you could count those as biopics. Because I feel like those films are about the story and the journey and not about the person. Like they're not focused on a specific person and their life. Um, So that's,
1: I would not consider this a biopic. I I think this movie is all about Jake Gyllenhaal. really think it's a great biopic. I do. I genuinely do.
3: Interesting. Uh, I do not agree. This is my favorite Fincher film. This is one of my like ten favorite movies of all time. Um, yeah. So I'm not saying this isn't an incredible movie. I just, in terms of a biopic, I think that is like really stretching it. Yeah, it's-
4: I because oh, I love this movie, and it didn't cross my mind as a biopic. It's like David Fincher's take on obsession. You know, not being able to let something go, and how it could destroy your life, and ruin other people's lives and so for me it's like the meditation on obsession but i never really felt like jake gyllenhaal's character is somebody i super got to get to know i just got to know what he was obsessed with which was the zodiac case so i agree it's about that character that real life person but it's it's more about what zodiac case did to him than it is about him so listen if if you consider it biopic it's in my top 10 for sure it's one of my all-time favorite movies but, yeah, it didn't pop in my head when I thought biopic.
2: Yeah, this is
4: – Oh, go ahead. I not mean that. It's a tough choice.
2: Yeah. Uh, this movie, like, it's kind of an ense- too much of an ensemble to really be a biopic for me because there are, are a lot of scenes with Hall, but then there's uh, quite a few scenes with just Ruffalo's character – So, like, I'm not sure if I can 100% call this, like, a biopic. This is definitely a true story movie, but not really a biopic. So I think that's kind of where those two things differ. Uh, It's a great movie, though.
0: Okay. So now we've reached the part of the show where it's the top half. Um, So everybody, give us your three. So we're going to start with Paul. Again, if you have it higher, two or one, please. Say your piece, say Uh, we'll talk about that in a second.
3: I think there's a very high chance this is going to be another yikes. It's uh, 2010's the social
0: network. Yikes. Yeah. 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 Okay, so we're going to move to um, Bowman, right? Is that right? The order. Okay, Bowman, what's your three?
2: Three is probably going to be a yikes because uh, I need.
0: Oh, wait. Yeah, my number three
2: is going to be a yikes because my number three is Amadeus. Yikes! Yeah, yes. How mm-hmm.
4: number
0: four? Okay, so JT, what's your three?
4: My number three is Goodfellas.
0: Yikes! Okay, we're getting there, guys. You picked the you picked the top half. Here we go, uh, Bar. Let's break this trend. What's your three?
1: My number three is the Elephant Man. I think. Um, this is John Hurt's greatest performance. Um, I think, um, I think this story is touching and moving and amazing. Um, it, it, it is a, it's one of the best films I've seen in the last year. And by that, I mean, like, I just recently watched this within the last year. Um, I think the performances are amazing, and Bancroft in this movie, she's only in the movie for a little bit, but she does a phenomenal job. Um, this it's it's a movie that is if you want a movie to restore your faith in humanity, this is the, absolutely the one to do. And John once again, John Hurt as the Elephant Man is giving the performance of his career. If he wasn't up against another person this year, I would have easily said he I he would have won the Best Actor oscar that year um the elephant man it's david it's one of david lynch's best movies
0: yeah um i it, it's funny when you announced it as your three pretty much the entire panel went <laughs> like yeah i i totally get it i totally understand why it's high. i honestly think it's a really good choice um it's one i don't I haven't seen too often so like again I don't make a biopics list i don't get my i don't put my personal top ten out there but it's just like this one i like my biopics when i i like ones i can just go back to and rewatch all the time this one i haven't went to back that often i think it would have fallen in my like 10 nine eight range if i would have made my list but i can definitely see it making your list um what is, everybody else had the same reaction so was it just like barely missed you were understand it but Give us your take on it. I'll,
3: I'll go. It's, I think it's a great movie. It's definitely the least Lynch movie that Lynch has ever made. It's his most accessible movie. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think part of that is, I think it feels like a kind of a square peg in a round hole thing, where it's a great movie making. And it's obviously like, it's a well executed, great performances, but I think Lynch doesn't feel as interested, I think in the content as, as he is in his other movies. I think, really? um, and I think because of that, I think it's, yeah, it doesn't feel like it gets deep into him as a character. It feels like a little like it's kind of hovering on the surface. And like, again, performance wise and execution wise, it's done well. But I think it doesn't get into the sort of interiority interior of John Merrick in the way that I would have liked to. It's I mean, it's a great movie. Um, I'm not one to say that it's bad or anything. I just feel like in terms of this story as a biopic, I don't feel like I get in and know him as well as I, I would have liked to uh yeah
2: uh i really like this movie this was my number 11. uh it was kind of which black and white biopic from 1980 do i want on my list and i chose raging bull over elephant man but i like both
0: okay yeah oh, Go ahead.
4: i'm not uh, listen i'll say this right off the bat i'm not a huge david lynch fan I'm not taking anything away from him as a director he's fantastic uh, his style just doesn't usually vibe with me for the most part. And I think that's why this is my favorite film of his because it's like you said, the least David Lynch type film. But David Lynch still puts his touch on it in a lot of ways. Yeah, I think especially at the end. White was genius, uh really added to the movie. And yeah, the performances are really what stand out to me. I think that Anthony Hopkins and John Hurt are just amazing in this movie. And it's in my top if I was doing a top twenty, it'd be my top twenty, put it that way.
0: Fair, okay, guys. Let's run through the exact same like top one, two, pretty much. Everybody had some, except probably JT. So, um, Paul, give us your two. Then... Uh, yeah,
3: I, I I wish I could do a grand announcement, but I am I'm worried this will be another punt or yikes or whatever. It's Amadeus. Yikes.
0: Yeah. I kinda... Okay. Yeah. I didn't see that coming. Bowman, what is your two? Uh good fellas. Yeah, that was my number three. Okay. All right, we're able to talk about it. Bowman, tell us why Goodfellas is your top.
2: Yeah, uh, ever since I can remember, I always wanted to be a gangster. Uh, Henry Hill. That'll never happen. Uh, yeah, no, I'm not cool enough for that. Uh, but no, uh, it's the coolest movie, Cody. Just chill. Uh, But no, uh, I love this movie. The, the story of Henry Hill and his kind of this. The first half of this movie is very much about like the seduction. Of the mafia and the gangster life and then the second half is about all of that come cr- coming crashing down on henry hill uh pesci is fabulous in this movie uh he won the oscar for it and for good reason i really like de niro in this and uh, paul servino as paulie fantastic i love this movie um in
4: my top 20 of all time
0: JT, it was in year three, so what do you have to say about it?
4: Listen, I love one of the about biopics is learning about somebody or discovering somebody. The name Henry Hill, most people know who that person is, and they might not even see seen Goodfellas, but you know that name, and it was because of this movie. And Scorsese, when you think of Scorsese, I think most people think of the Goodfellas-type movie. Now, he had a lot of great movies before this, Raging Bull. Mean Streets touched on this a little bit, but Goodfellas is where I think... Scorsese really carved out like his style as far as to the masses. And I just think it's such an influential film. I think if you ask a lot of people what was the most influential film of the 90s, you got to start with Goodfellas being one of them. Uh, his other movies get compared to Goodfellas. <laughs> That's how groundbreaking it was in a lot of ways. I love The Irishman. I love Casino. I love Wolf Wall Street. But Goodfellas was first, and I still think it does it the best. Uh, and again, like you said, De Niro, Pesci. Pesci has never been better. Um, and then Ray Liotta this is probably his best performance he's ever given. And again, for me, it was just, rewatchability is through the roof. I could watch this movie just about every day it's on cable. I'll stop and watch it. There's scenes that I, if I'm like, oh, I got to watch this. I'll go on YouTube and just pull up Goodfellow scenes. The scene through the restaurant, the tracking shot, was taught in film schools when I was younger. Uh, it's just a great movie that's entertaining. And it made me look at the Mafia lifestyle. Before this, people thought of the Godfather when they thought of the Mafia. This movie changed the way that people look at the Mafia in a wholly different way. So, Goodfellas, one of my favorites is Scorsese. Got to put it in. Here. Henry Hill. He's he was on Howard Stern after that. <coughs> he came out of hiding. It was on Howard Stern for like several times because he's Henry
0: Hill. <laughs> yeah, this this movie, um, Scorsese is my favorite director, <clears throat> and like, I. I don't hate a lot of his work. Uh, this one is not in my top like 10 of Scorsese anymore because I like some of his other ones. But this is literally what he is measured as, and this is the type of movie that I absolutely adore. I love mob movies. I think they are the, one of the most fascinating the under the underworld um, of crime and how he tells the story um there's some people in the community like a few that have just seen it for the first time like this past year and we're like man it's an okay movie i'm like i just don't understand watching goodfellas and going man yeah, because um, I, I just i just love the movie i love the story joe pesci is one of my, like my favorite com- comedy like, comedic movie of all time is uh, uh my cousin vinny and like with him and like these different roles like the dance scene like when he's just shooting at the floor he's like dance monkey dance and like it's like you're gonna build dig the hole what you never think I'm, i I know how to dig a hole i either think this is my first time like that little like his moments and him winning the oscar is one of the most crazy things for me because when you think of pesci this is just pesci like the, he got a role for playing pretty much how what people think of him but it's it's just awesome um the only reason why it doesn't rank so high is I feel Ray or I drives me absolutely bonkers sometimes in this movie. I get it. I get his entire performance. I get the story, but he just drives me batty. Um, but the movie is still an all-time great. I, and I respect you both for putting it on there. Listen here, you assholes. Um, no good fellas. Yankee Doodle Dandy was on there. Yep. Yankee Doodle Dandy. Sure was. No good fellas. Nope. Uh uh, you want to be sleeping with the fishes? Okay, uh, what's what's
1: up? Uh, <laughs> what? you me out. Uh, I'm gonna start with this one. I think that Goodfellas is a really good movie. Uh, <laughs> it's a really good movie, um, probably great. Um, however, I also agree. Ray Liotta kind of drives me insane sometimes in this movie, um, especially when he's laughing. It, it's so over the top that I'm kind of I'm I, it's like distracting. And especially him in the third act. The third act of this movie is what kind of keeps it off the list for me. I think Joe Pesci, you're right, Joe Pesci gives an amazing performance. I really also like Robert De Niro a lot in this movie. Um, But especially the dinner scene. Like, what happened to your car? Oh, we hit a deer. We hit a deer. Um, But I think this movie is really, really good. Um, However, I think that it's not good enough to make this
0: list. Okay, Paul, tell me why those mobster tropes get so boring and so convoluted and they're all over the place. Go ahead.
3: Um, this is not my favorite type of Scorsese personally, and it's the stuff that he's known most for. But his mob movies in general are not stuff that I generally like that much. Um I do have good news for JTE, they do still teach the Copacabana scene in film school, so that's that's some good news <laughs> on that front. Um But no, I I feel like I just never really care about these characters, um, which, you know, it's a a bit bizarre to say, I suppose. But I think it's just a lot of flash and I don't ever get invested um, in them as people um, and what and their sort of journey through this crime world. Um, Yeah, it's not even one of my like 10 maybe favorite Scorsese movies. Like I just love a lot of his other work a lot more than this. Um, it's just been one that has never, and I have watched this, my grand, my Italian grandfather showed this to me when I was like nine years old, which is probably a little too early to be watching Goodfellas, but it's a movie that I like, but has definitely just never stuck with me in the, in the way that I think it has for most people apparently. And just in general, I mean, I prefer Casino to this actually. So, um, yeah, I guess I've checked all the boxes of, uh, things to say (laughs) about Goodfellas that are going to piss people off, but yeah, Goodfellas just, it's not my thing. Not
0: at all. Um, uh, I science is getting better day and day. Um, please find a way that I can actually watch film through someone's eyes because I would hate to see what soulless like why you think of Goodfellas, you a monster. Okay, um, uh, I don't even know where we're at. This topic just made me very sad. Um, hey. I think we're at
3: ours three or two. Two,
0: my number two is yeah, uh, JTE. JT. Yeah, JT. JT. two. What's your two? <laughs> is on the list?
4: That was, my list just came up. Number two. Is okay, you're number two. hey, you yeah. same here. Oh, bro, yeah, baby.
0: Okay, uh, so J.D., tell us why it's no. on this list.
1: Start it off for us. Uh, cool. Guess I'm starting it off. Um, this is a masterpiece. This is absolutely oh. a masterpiece. Uh, everything about this movie is amazing. Um, from the choice to make it black and white, except for the co- uh the coat on the girl. Um, to, uh, Ralph Fiennes' performance. I think he actually, he's a little bit better than Liam Neeson, even though I think Liam Neeson does a great job. Um, the, and it was another one of those movies where you don't feel the length. It, 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 you really don't because you're so invested in the story. Um, it, the, um, oh, I can't think of the name of the actual term. I always think of Pogrom. Um, but where the uh, the entire town is getting like destroyed, it's a very emotionally effective scene. Um, this this it's such a masterpiece of filmmaking, especially the ending.
4: Yeah, listen, I love biopics where I see the character go through a change, or I really get to get underneath the skin of the character. Where Oscar Schindler begins in this movie, where he ends. I love that arc, I love seeing that change. And it's not a quick change, it's very gradual. He does not look at life, he's more it's about money, greed, and trying to make a profit off this horrible war. And what the way he gradually becomes the savior of all these Jewish people, to me, is what really sticks to me for me. The filmmaking is phenomenal. Black and white, like you said, is great. The red dress, what makes that scene work so well is when you see the ghetto being torn apart and you see her with the red dress. And it's also Liam Neeson's reaction to seeing her body throughout the course. of the- I mean, the Holocaust is not an easy watch, okay? This is not a movie you can watch very often. I totally understand that. But for Oscar Schindler, for me, like I said, biopics, when I think about some of the great biopics, it's about where a character begins, where it ends, and what happened in their life that changed them. And this movie just does it there's, I can't say anything bad about this movie. There's not one negative thing I could really say about this, except for it's not very rewatchable. It's something you should, but even though it's not, you should watch it every couple of years because it is a masterclass in filmmaking, in my opinion. Uh,
1: just real quick, uh, the one scene yeah. I want also mention is the, um, is towards the end when he's going like this watch. I could have sold this watch. How yeah. many people would that have saved? Right like amazing.
0: <laughs> So Bar, when you say that's a masterpiece, we know. Um, yeah. Schindler's List is literally argued like one of the best made movies of all time. Like we get it on that. Yeah. Um, there's one problem that you made a statement that I completely disagree with you. What's that? This is one that not you, JT. This oh. is Bar, but it's one that you you don't feel the runtime. Uh Yes, you do. This movie is a mo like draining. This movie drains you. So for sitting there as long as you, I don't think it's a bad. This movie is fantastic. Like, but JT, said it. This is not a rewatchable biopic. I agree. You should watch it every couple of years. But this is a rough watch at times. Mm-hmm. Like, I feel it, it pretty much. You can arguably say it, it's the it's one of the darkest times in human history. Like it is. It is. It is a sad depressing story and I I 100 understand like Spielberg's like you know of making this and the art of it um but like biopic yes you d- definitely could consider the list. I personally wouldn't put it on mine because of just it's it's not easy to watch um, all the time um but it's a it's a fantastic movie no one will argue Shimmer list. if you pretty much argue that list is a good movie well. You don't know what movies are, so um, so yeah.
4: you feel length. It's not because you're bored. It's because no. exactly yeah. it's so hard to watch.
0: Well, yeah, because I, I think it's the first time I
4: away, I think I it's because I I never feel bored watching this movie for sure. But <laughs> it's like I don't feel length because I'm so invested in everything that's happening. Like there's nothing, there's no dead space in this movie. at three hours. There's nothing in there where I'm like this needs to be cut. They could have shortened this. Yep. I feel like right. everything is done for a purpose, and masterfully so that like I can't say I feel the length as far as like it's too long. It's just hard. It's just a hard watch.
0: I, I kind of put this in the same realm. It's not even close to the same movie side. So don't everybody react viscerally on this one. But it's kind of like when I watched John Wick three this past summer. Because John Wick 3 doesn't like stop at any point. It's just draining like the entire time. Like either die or get off the screen. Like I don't know what we're doing, but you're constantly just in these fights nonstop. Like the other okay. movies left few laws, but this one's just a constant. So this one's like emotionally draining. You're just like, after it, like, I don't think I can watch anything else. Or I have to watch the most uplifting movie of all time after this. Like, that's why I don't think it would make my personal top ten. But I can totally understand. I can't argue that it's a, it's a masterpiece. It's probably in the top 30 of all time cinema. Um, everybody else on Schimler's list?
2: Yeah, I'm in the same camp as you. It's just, I again, I, I saw this once in high school really good, but I haven't really wanted to rewatch it because of how intense it is.
3: Yeah, uh, if you guys want to talk about uh, harrowing Holocaust stories, there's a movie called Shoah that is about eight hours and is basically two and a half Shimmer's List. So that's a, a similar analog, I guess. Um, I saw this for its 25th re-release last year. Um, and I it's, again, a movie that's kind of unassailable in a lot of ways. And I feel like I didn't put it on my list just because I don't think I have anything particularly interesting to say about Shimmer's List. Um, you know, it's an incredible filmmaking. It's one of the great American achievements in filmmaking. Um, I just don't know if I have anything really to add to that conversation. And it's an incredible movie. Like, I think Goth is one of the great movie villains just because yep. it's insane that the movie almost makes you sympathize for him at the end. Like, the turn of him sniping people for fun on his balcony and then, all, like, you're like, do I feel bad for this person? Is such a crazy pivot that it, that the movie takes. And I think that it's Fines best performance ever. I think he's great. a lot better. Liam Neeson's great, but I think that Fines is... One of the great acting performances of the entire '90s. Um, I do. I will say it's not all in black and white. There are like you know the real life footage of the actual people is is yeah. also in color. So the whole not black and white. Black and white except for the one scene. Not really true. But I mean it's great filmmaking. It's um, I think uh, Spielberg's second you know best movie ever made, um, and it's incredible. But again, nothing new to add. So I just felt
0: like it was not. In, I wanted to make my list a little interesting. Famous deep cut question, what color is the girl's coat and shirtless? Oh, I remember that moment. Oh, okay. So, Paul, uh, those were your guys' number twos, uh, JTE and Barr. So give us your number one. Uh,
3: my number one is the biopic to end all biopics. Um, if you don't have uh, this on your list, you must have been bamboozled, led astray, <laughs> run amok, and flat out deceived. Uh, it is Malcolm X. Uh, Spike Lee's uh, 1992 masterpiece. Um, I think this is the ultimate biopic, just because generally for me, I have mentioned this earlier, cradle to grave biopics where you see the sort of birth and then sort of the end of this person's life are not stuff that interests me, but what Denzel does here in essentially playing three different characters within the same character as you see this young black militant when he's being tutored by Del Rey Lindo on the streets to when he goes in jail and he's reformed when he's out into he's this political leader, it's these totally three different facets of Malcolm X. And I think those levels and the fact that this movie really presents a different image than American media had ever portrayed Malcolm X as being um, in the history of of this country, I think it recontextualizes him in a way that really matters. I think like that really affects the way that we perceive him as a person in history. And I think Denzel gives one of the great film performances ever. Um, this is a three-hour movie, and I think it lies by. Um, I was. I saw this in, in theaters on film um, at the Egyptian Theater last year, and it's one of the great cinematic experiences I've ever had. Um, this is my favorite Spike Lee movie. I think, again, one of a defining all-time level performance in any movie. Um, it's just incredible from start to finish. I, there's nothing that I can say that's bad about this movie. I think it's it grips, it, it, you know, it grapples with complex themes and doesn't let him off the hook um, when he's being problematic or when he's you know just kind of kowtowing for for to Elijah Muhammad, um, it's it's just so full, and I think that's the kind of film experience that I look for is something that's just so full and three D informed, and I think that this is everything.
0: Um, who else had Malcolm X?
3: Nine,
0: seven.
2: Okay, okay seven. Go. Oh yeah, um, I love this movie. I think Denzel. This is not only his best performance. This is one of my favorite performances in a movie of all time. I think he's fantastic in this. Uh, Spike Lee is doing a really good uh, acting job uh, of the side roles, but it's all Benzel. It's really about him, and I think it's a, it's a fantastic performance. Um, and, yeah, you're right. It's about that transformation of him, of, of the way his
0: character changes throughout the movie. Go ahead, Bar. Did his thing freeze really? <clears throat> this last minute, and he finally froze again. Oh, interesting. Um, I will just talk real quick about Malcolm X. Uh, pull the thing off the screen real quick. Go. Back. Oh, you're back. Okay. Tell us what, uh, uh, Malcolm X.
1: Uh, sorry to the people watching, my internet is trash today. Um, so, Malcolm X, yes, this is Denzel Washington's, uh, greatest performance, arguably. Um, I think that this is a really well-told biopic. I agree with Paul the way that, um, how in, I don't normally, like, um, like, tell the entire tale of this one person in one movie, but this is probably the most successful, um, biopic and doing so um it, it's one that is really 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 worth watching this is spike lee's i think this is spike lee's second best movie
0: um i will say my piece um everybody throws out favorite actor working your favorite actor The this is my favorite actor without a question uh denzel washington uh Every bad um, You guys say it's best performance. Apparently you've never seen Equalizer 2 because that's good shit. No, oh, I'm just kidding. Um, um, but not <laughs> next. It's, it's, uh, last episode we did Oscars Got Wrong lead actor performance and not many people put or they didn't put it high enough which was um, Al Pacino beating him for Son of a Woman for this performance and it's one of the most mind-blowing things that I've ever uh, ever heard. He becomes Malcolm X. He performs this role to, to the runtime. I don't even care. Uh, I watch this probably twice a year, every year. I think he is just a master class in this performance. He is never the bad part of any movie. I will stand by that. I bring one. I will fight you on it. I think his perform- I think he is just. He has his craft down perfect. And this is. Uh, I mean, glory. I will. St- I think that supporting role of glory is amazing, but I think Malcolm X was his rise to fame, and he does he does a tremendous job of this performance. And how Some haven't seen it. Some don't even talk about it. I think this will stand as his best performance of all time. So, I will,
4: um, Let me just say why it's not my
0: top uh-huh.
4: um, I, If you asked me top 10 performances in a biopic, this would probably be a top 3 to 4. I think This is the Denzel show, like you guys said, from beginning to end. He is phenomenal. Uh, But, Paul, like you said, this is one of your favorite Spike Lee movies. It feels the most straightforward Spike Lee movie to me in a lot of ways. It feels like he's making a straightforward kind of like in the vein of, like, Gandhi or some of the older, you know, Steve Allen. Classic. Mm. It's not like Gandhi, but, like, the way it's told, it's like beginning, middle, ending. Very straightforward. A lot of the style, I feel like, that he brings to some of the movies is really subdued in this film uh, i think
3: that's on purpose though i think he's getting out of the way of the story and letting denzel be at the forefront instead of Was a smart movie it
4: spike. Denzel, phenomenal. Like, i get it why he did it but like it, if you show me that movie i wouldn't know if spike directed it unless he told me uh, so for me like as a director i get it he, he stepped out of the way and he said malcolm do your thing or denzel do your thing um But I guess for me, I do feel the length a little bit at three hours. A lot of you guys said you didn't feel it at all. Uh, I did feel it a little bit. Um, I don't know if they could have cut anything. It could have been shortened. This is a big story to tell. Uh, I guess it just comes out of personal preference. I really like the movie. I own the Blu-ray. If he wants to get his best, this is the movie you put in. Uh, But it just didn't make my top ten. It would be my top 20.
0: That hurts more than you know. Um, but you're a special guest today, so I have to let it pass a little bit, but no, it's really, really wrong of you. Um, Bowman, what's your one?
2: Um, My number one is one of my three favorite movies of all time. It's The Social Network. The writing, the music, the directing, the performances. I love everything about this movie. Uh, The story of just... It's really about success at the sacrifice of personal relationships. That's really the structure core of the story. And that's what I love about it. It's Sorkin of dialogue and it's, you know, this amazing direction and the performances, but take all that away. And really it's about that emotional connection of do I sacrifice personal success for you know, my Relationships with other people, which are already kind of on the ropes, just because of the way I
0: am. Um, who else had social network? This was my theory. Okay, Five. Okay, so um, Bar, uh, no, Paul, go ahead and talk about it, and then we'll go JT, then Bar. Uh,
3: yeah. So, I mean, again, not a lot of new to social network. I do think that Garfield is giving by far the best performance here. Um, I think his character is the most compelling. I think Eduardo... If Eduardo's not there, I think this movie doesn't necessarily work. I think you need that person who's acting like a real human. Mark Zuckerberg is like a weird alien who like mimics human behavior. He's such a strange figure, um, almost. But I, I just think that this movie... Hello? All right. Um, I think that on, on, as far as this movie goes, I think every aspect of this movie works... Um, and it works perfectly, except for Brenda's song. Brenda's song is a bit rough at times. Uh, doesn't quite bring it, I feel like, um, which is, you know, it's Brenda's song. So I'll, I'll give it a little bit of a pass. Um, but but to Wendy it's Wu. It's brought running. to the warrior. Yes, yes, yes. But no, uh, this movie just brought us so much. Um, Caleb Landry Jones is in this movie, which is kind of random. So is Dakota Johnson. There's a lot of weird little cameos that happen in this movie. I don't love Timberlake um, in this movie. He's good. But I think it's it's a little, I don't know, but the club scene with him in it, though is incredible. The way they film in the club, the way that they mess up the mixing and make, they amplify sort of what the discussion is going on sort of in, in that moment. And I think that's that's amazing. I mean, you mentioned the music. Um, this is, I think, one of the great film scores of, of recent memory. Um, this is at, you know, Reznor and Ross, I think at their peak as composers, especially when you're you're talking about, you know, the race scene where they're timing it with the way the paddles are going in and out of the water. Um, that stuff is pretty much unassailable. Um, you know, it's the social network. I really hope they make a sequel to this, actually, because I think there's so much to dig into with Mark Zuckerberg in, in 2020. Um, but I, yeah, I mean, it's an incredible movie, probably the defining movie, of the 20s, I think, uh, form and, and style. And it, I mean, it's a social network. And what else is
0: there to say about it? Uh, JT?
4: Yeah, I had this number five, one of my favorite movies. Again, I think I docked at some points because it's been pretty uh, well publicized that this is not a very accurate movie. <laughs> uh, Aaron Sorkin just took what he wanted from the book and kind of created his own story in a lot of ways and made, I think, Justice Lee Eisenberg is great in this movie. Uh, I still think he's great, but I think he's playing a much different character than what the real Zuckerberg is like. Uh, According to you know reports, the people that went to college with him, a lot of people say there's nothing like Jesse Eisenberg, but there's conflicting reports also. So that's the only reason why I had number five, only because I'm not sure how accurate it is. But there's not much I could say that you guys have already said. It's so well directed, so well acted. Uh, it's a movie of its time. I think it's something that is more relevant even now than it was probably when it came out. So for me, it's one of my favorite films. Again, I don't feel like. I got to know the real Zuckerberg though. Honestly, I got a Jesse Eisenberg and Aaron Sorkin's version of Zuckerberg. So I had to talk at some point for that, but I love the movie. It's fantastic.
1: I think this might be Sorkin's best script. Um, This movie works as well as it does and flows the as well as it does because of that script. Um, It's amazingly directed. It's amazingly acted. Um, and the, um, the score you guys already brought up. Um, but there are so many, like, moments in this movie where the dialogue is just amazing. Like, I like standing next to you. It makes, uh, oh, shit. I heard you blanked on the line. It makes me feel powerful.
2: It makes me feel tall.
1: Tall. Tall. Oh, no, it's tough. 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 So tough. Yeah, okay. I, I see you, Cody, Slap. I see you, Cody, slapping your head. Um my apologies i have my mind racing on a lot of other things right now um but no th- this movie is amazing it- it's one of the best of the decade
0: um okay uh, i'm glad you all included it it's probably one of my favorite of the decade as well um i 100 percent stand by paul um he took the main time to talk about it but um it's uh, uh garfield's performance is the best in this movie um when um when he walks back in the office and they're all sitting there and he's doing the code and he's like sorry he's he's coding or whatever and so he picks up the computer and slams it hear me now asshole I was like I'm not coming back for eight percent I'm coming back for everything it's one of my favorite lines in any movie it's just like I could just see the rage in him like you sold him out of over the damn chicken like it's just he's so mad it's so. The performance, I don't care. Accurate, inaccurate, fantastic. Like, Rudy right. Mar also,
3: I, I didn't I didn't mention it but Rudy Marr is incredible. That opening scene is like one of the best. I mean, it's been talked about to death, but the cadence at which they're talking, the fact that Zuckerberg is not really having a conversation, yeah.
1: With and her, yeah. I'd also like to point out that Brenda's song in this movie is real good. <laughs> hmm. We're gonna oh,
0: this Paul just dissed it before you... Oh, finished. well, so well, I really liked her in this um, movie. Ooh, uh, hot take. Um,
2: Not great. Hey, Not
0: great. Bro, hey, take the Brenda song out of that last <laughs> statement. Uh, it, it'll do better. Superimposed, um, like,
1: another voiceover of mine. It's, yes, I mean, like, field.
0: Okay, so we've talked that one to death. Let's go to the um, the final two. Uh, one, <laughs> no one else had it. The other one, everybody pretty much had it. So... JT, tell us why everybody's an idiot and missed this uh, gym. Curious. Uh, he
4: one, for me, is born on the 4th of July. Uh, ah. Here's the thing Tom Cruise is a oh. star, but you got to remember in the 80s, he was an actor. <laughs> this is the movie that turned the tide. Uh, he was nominated for Best Actor. I think he should have won. Now, unrelated, I recently went on YouTube and I went on old Siskel and Ebert archives, and they had this show where they did. Who should win? Where they do a show before the Oscars on who they would pick to win each category, and they both agreed that Tom Cruise should have won the Oscar for this film, and I still firmly believe that to be the case. Tom Cruise' performance in this movie still blows me away. He's never been as good as this. I think the only other time his name was Magnolia, and what the thing that goes along with that is Oliver Stone's direction. Uh, he was nominated and won for Best Director for this film. He won Best Editing. I just love the tone of this movie. It starts off like a dream. It's pure Americana and Tom Cruise's character gets caught up in that. And when he goes to Vietnam, he gets injured, becomes paralyzed. and The journey from that young boy in mid- Midwest America to where he goes by the end of the movie where he is literally protesting against his country... And this is based on a real-life Army vet, uh, Ronnie Kobach. And Stone promised him if he ever got a chance to make this movie, he would. And after the success of Platoon, he made this film. And everyone was like, why are you going to make an RV Vietnam film? You just made Platoon. You won Best Picture. And Oliver Stone said, because I promised this guy, because this story is something that's worth telling. And I, I love this movie. This is one of my all-time favorite films. Uh, William Dafoe, Tom Berger has a cameo. Um, Just the cast is fantastic overall. And some of the cast aren't even well known, but they've all fit in these roles so well. But Tom Cruise's character, his arc, his life journey, from where it begins to where it ends, is so drastic. And over so many years, where Tom Cruise has to go visit somebody, and listen, Miles was born on 4th of July. He kills somebody accidentally during combat. When he goes to the parents of that fallen victim, and have to tell them that he was the one that killed them. it's a master class in acting and for me the performance matches the filmmaking and that's rare for me a lot of these movies not saying that the other movies in this film did i mean sure is less they all do it but tom cruise is in every frame of this movie from beginning to end in the performance he gives and the ups and downs and there's some really big highs and big lows it's just ugh, fantastic and the first 10 minutes of this movie is probably one of my favorite first 10 minutes of like every movie ever made. I love the dream sequence. It's like a dream of just this you almost go in and out of his childhood and the way it sets up everything you know about his character when he finally decides to sign up and volunteer to go to Vietnam and how he was sold this lie of American Pie and what you should do and how different Vietnam. Was the World War II and how differently people were treated, not only by the government but by the people in the streets. I can't talk enough about Before in July*. It's my favorite. Again, it might not be the best of the t- of this list, but this is where my personal feelings come in, and it is just a movie that when I watched it and it still stays with me. So, it had to be my number one.
0: Uh, so, me and Chance Ellison will agree on this that. Um Tom Cruise is a national treasure. Um, more people should respect his acting ability because we absolutely love his movies.
4: No, and people forget like he started. He did Color of Money. He did like Rain Man. He was trying to be a serious actor, mm-hmm. but later he just kind of went toward the blockbusters. I don't, I wish. Well, would I'll tell
0: you. I'll still take Mission Impossible. So I'm not. I'm not. I'm mad that he went that route. Um. <laughs> But um, no, I like the choice. Um, uh, One, I think it's a, I don't think it's, obviously, it's not a popular choice, but I honestly think it's a movie that people definitely should check out if they haven't seen it. Um, I kind of agree with you. I think he probably did did deserve the Oscar for this. I think his performance in this is honestly very, uh, it's one of the, it's the standout of that year for me. Um, But he lost to Daniel Day Lewis. Um, um, So, on the list. Oh uh, what do you guys no one else had this so what do you guys think about born on the 4th of july real I quick haven't seen,
3: haven't seen it okay uh yeah i this is not my favorite performance of 1989 Uh i prefer brana personally in henry v Um, this is i do think this is one of cruz's best performances i think this in, in magnolia sort of flip-flop for me um but i think that this is this is kind of rare. I think that Stone's direction is actually not quite up to par with with the performance that Cruz is giving. Um, and yeah, uh, JT is sh- shaking his head over there.
4: Um, best director that year.
3: And he did uh, that.
4: Let me try. Say- Miss Daisy
3: also won Best Picture. So if we want to talk about the sixty second Academy Award <laughs> and uh, what is and isn't winning you know, deserving <laughs> you so or not. Um But no, I think it's a good movie. Um It's probably like in would be like in the late teens for me in terms of best biopics ever. Uh Again, Cruise is phenomenal. I just think that the rest of the movie is trying to catch up to him. And, and besides Defoe, I feel like it never really does. Um, there's just some strange editing choices, I think, too, that sort of kind of dampen the, the movie's impact. Um, oh, okay. away too er- I think it cuts away too early sometimes. It doesn't let um, Cruz's character sit in some moments that I think would be effective to sort of let him stew and you see sort of what's going on in his in sort of his, his internal becoming external I think
4: I would but think it, you know, only because the scene where he's in the veteran hospital after he's injured there's so many times they could have cut away where they stay with him Especially, I think
3: when- besides that like aside from that scene though I think a lot of times it's leaning into that like just moving on and I think that I would have loved more of editing in the style of that scene interesting like you can you give an example um i just think that sometimes like when he's talking to people and he doesn't re- it doesn't yeah i don't know he doesn't reflect enough for me uh, a, like it, you don't see the turmoil in his face i feel like besides that scene
4: i gotta disagree because when he's talking to his the parents about how he accidentally killed their son the camera is on him the whole time to the point where it leaves the parents and it slowly pushes into him as he's breaking down telling this story And I thought it was such a brave decision instead of most directors, I think would show the parents reaction. They would show them, but instead he is so in line with Cruz's performance. He just slowly goes right into Cruz. And you see, if you're going to put like an Oscar real moment, that was the moment you would put in. And then the reaction afterwards by the parents, I think is very good. But for me it was don't cut away it is just right
0: there. So a- I'm gonna stop the I'm gonna stop the <laughs> born of the fourth of the line just when I bring back uh Tom Curry's performances. Maybe we can revisit this. No one ever tries to challenge Paul on the show, which I really appreciate. <laughs> but we're gonna move to uh Amadeus Amadeus. Um so everybody had it. It's bars number one, obviously. Hell yeah, it is 14 times. So we're gonna start with you. Who had it at two? Uh, and then, where did you two have it?
4: I had, I had the number four.
0: Where'd you have it? Uh, boat three. Okay, so we'll just do that: one, two, three, four, pretty much. So <laughs> start it, bar.
1: Cool. Uh, remember how I said Schindler's List is a masterpiece? So is Amadeus. This is no. absolutely a perfect <laughs> movie. Uh, from the from the acting to the direction to the cinematography to the editing, to the script, to all of it. It is fantastic. F. Murray Abraham and Tom Hulse are giving the performances of their careers. Um, the opening sequence uh, where you see Salieri trying to kill himself and then him just talking and then going into him talking to the priest is so well shot. This is... I'm gonna... Mm, it's Milos's second best movie. Um, and... the. Uh, it has one of the most baller scenes in movie history when uh, Salieri writes this march for Amadeus, and then Amadeus comes in and he's like, that's really nice. Can I see that? Wouldn't it work better if it was like this? Yeah. Just the just the most dope move. Um, and it's a great internal struggle of uh, one man's struggle to and not only understand that someone's better than them but not understand why they can't be as good it's something that a lot of people can relate to even if it's not on that exact same level this is an amazing movie well
0: uh
3: yeah um i actually think as a movie i like this a little more than malcolm x um but just as a biopic i think malcolm x is just a little a little above um it's interesting that jte's talked about uh i think it's not being truthful and then has this on his list which well I, like, yeah fictionalized <laughs> version of. but anyway anyway i'll
4: just say this like amadeus i think is close to a perfect movie it's a masterpiece again like social network i had to ding this one and that one lower because they're not very factual so yeah. definitely for me. um
3: yeah but i i and sure as amadeus has the movie itself i think it's the the idea of of Salieri being this trend, like generational talent, but just being alongside someone who's a little better, is got to be one of like the most sort of oddly relatable feelings I think to to express in a movie. I think that um, that's just so. There's the tragedy in that is is boundless, and the fact that Salieri has basically becomes sort of a critic, um, as well as just you know an actual composer. I think is what makes him his character, I guess, like stand out above. Um, other characters that could have you know there's a simpler way to tell the story of mozart but i think telling it through the lens of someone else who is who is envious but also a bit of a peer is such a brilliant choice um the moment where they're asking him how many times uh he attended the, the um his play or sorry his opera and he's talking about how he attended it five times and he went alone every single time you know that this other person matters so much to him and he doesn't want to admit it to himself and i think that that Inner guilt and turmoil, and the fact that he does—he's not willing to express sort of his his real emotions, and it's everything's beneath the surface. Everything's kind of bubbling up, and then obviously that that leads to to the act that he goes through sort of at the end of the film. But everything is so surface and subtle, but also it's little little movements—the way he flickers his eyes when he should be watching one thing, but he he looks over at, at, at Mozart. I think that little stuff is what makes this movie so incredible and it's paced like immaculately this is three hours long and it goes by like that um i don't think there's a necessarily anything negative i could even think to say about this movie um other than i guess the fact that jeffrey jones is, is in it as a despicable <laughs> thing but no i mean it's perfect yeah. i think this is foreman's best movie by a long shot and uh it's just it's incredible 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 stuff um i love that it takes mozart and, and makes him sort of at the, the periphery and makes Salieri sort of the, the focus.
0: All right,
2: What this movie does not have is too many notes. Uh, one of the best scenes in the movie where the emperor is just like, just takes him out, there's too many notes. Like nobody really understood how intricate and how important every single little note, every single intricacy of Mozart's work was important. And honestly, that's what this movie kind of feels like. Every little thing is so meticulously controlled. The costume design, you know, what song, the, the pacing, the order, the performance. I love this movie to death.
4: I do think it's the performance best movie. GG? Yeah, I mean, I'm going to mirror a lot of what you guys said. I still would take Cuckoo's Nest over this one, yep. but this is a better produced film. If you ask me like, what movie transports you to that time, this is the movie I would point you to. Like, The set production, the set design, everything in this movie just feels authentic. I, at no point do I feel like I'm watching a movie set. They actually filmed a lot of the scenes in the actual opera houses where they took place. Um, again, it's, I think it's Mills Ferns. It's a masterpiece up there with Cook's Nest. I guess it's 1A, 1B because they're both different films, but they're both as good as they could be in both different genres. Yeah, I love the film. It's funny. It's got a lot of dark humor, which you probably wouldn't expect. Uh, it's beautiful. It, the sound Put this on your surround sound, man. You'll feel like you're at the Opera House. It's one of my favorite movies to put on my surround sound. Uh, it's just a fantastic film overall. Again, a lot of it is just made up. I think much like the social network. That's why I had like social network five and this four. It's because as far as biopics goes, they're not very truthful. They're not very historically accurate. But put that aside and just enjoy one of the best movies of the age. Is
1: Milos Foreman just the best at biopics?
4: I don't know. Like he, well, Man on the Moon, I think is okay. (laughs) Um, He did the People vs. Larry Flint, which I liked also. Yeah, I don't know. Those
0: are good movies. This is a great movie. Uh clearly the best at it is Clint Eastwood. Have you seen Fifteen Seventeen the Pairs? Okay, thank you very much. Um uh all right, everybody. Thank you for joining us for your list sucks. Uh it's a very passionate topic. A lot of people have a lot of things, so it's a little long. But again, great conversation. Um, so we're gonna get our combined list right now. What made your overall list when we put all your guys' together? Uh uh number ten. Zodiac, nine. nine, number nine. Catch me if you can. Yeah, number eight, the Elephant Man. Number seven, Raging Bull. Oof. Number six, Born on the Fourth of July.
3: A lot of eighties in here.
0: Yeah, uh, number uh, number five, Malcolm X. That's a travesty. Uh, number four, Good fellas. Number three schindler's list number two the social network and number one is a clear cut almadeus it literally went one two three four um uh, i'll say real quick about almadeus i didn't say it but i'm so happy that i had to study it for a debate that i had in in the fake community um it never happened, but it was the best thing that never happened because uh, it is literally one of my favorite movies now, uh, especially Classical is not my favorite. Okay, so the grades. I give out a grade every, uh, for everybody's list in the first place with a B-plus Paulyama. Yama oh. literally took my 1, 2, and 3 and put it at the 1, 2, and 3. So, can't really argue with that. I disagree with some thing's like bottom choices. Some I haven't seen. Uh, number two. The only reason you got a B is because you didn't put that my there, and that would have been my third time. And again, the show isn't about peasing yourself; it's about peasing me, and everybody needs to learn that. No, I'm just kidding. Uh, you're not uh, third uh, oh place. Oh my not, god! Not Andrew's internet, um, but uh, you got to see—you uh, had some hot takes on there. <laughs> um, but yeah, uh, not too bad. Uh, number last place, Potman. You only got a C minus. You are very close on uh your thing you just put some <laughs> you're things. right you just put some out of place like it was a very awkward like it didn't have a it didn't have the great flow i think you had a good list it just wasn't ordered right all right thank you for joining me there's a here's some lists coming up uh, for our next few episodes i still need lists favorite schmodown matches we're not going best we're going favorite please um because like kidnaps i call that stuff crime movies is coming up kurt is actually going to take that one I think we have our panel set. Um, there may be some people that kick me out, but I may actually appear on that show. So we'll see. Somebody gets to criticize me. Star Wars Extended Universe characters with Jay Burns. I didn't get there because no one could pay me enough fucking money to be on that show with the people that are probably going to be on there. And we're doing Christmas movies. Christmas movies, um, if you have a list, these are all pre recorded. So don't worry about the dates. It will just go up on the dates. Um, and we'll. Uh, Probably this next week we will have a full list of our next like three months afterwards. So you have plenty of time to watch movies, get some knowledge, put in some topics. So there's going to be a lot of stuff coming with this thing. JT, I want to thank you for coming on. Thanks for spending two hours with us. You didn't have to, Paul. Thanks for being on. I know this time isn't always the best for you. Bar and Bowman, you have nothing else to do. So thanks for being on the show anyway. So uh, thank you guys and have a great day.